There's your reason right there. There's your reason. You know what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. How you doing? You know, <clears throat> time is it? Yeah, 7.30. Half hour later. Yeah, it's a half hour later. It's all right. It's what we do. It's been it's been a minute. It, yeah, it's, it has. It's been a minute. And it's pretty chill today. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's been a minute since we recorded. What's up, everybody? I hope you're having hey. a chill day. Yeah. Yeah, this is Sunday morning for us. Yep. Um, and it's just a chill Sunday. Yep. You know, busy guys. Had a busy couple couple weeks stretch here. We skipped the pod last week because we were so busy. And, and it's just, it's one of those days where you just kind of want to be chill. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And oh. clear my throat. Oh. We'll get talking. We'll pep up. Yeah, we'll, we'll just... Peepity pep pep. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say Peppa Pig. <laughs> Peppa Peppa? Peppa Pig. I know. Peppa I've Pig. never watched Peppa Pig. I've never. Either has my kid, at least with me. Oh. I've never seen Peppa Pig ever. I've just heard of Peppa Pig. I've seen a picture of Peppa Pig. Yeah, I know what, I know what the dude looks like. The dude? It's a pig. It's, it's a pig. I was like, what, the dude? The dude's a pig? Yeah, the dude's a pig. I thought, talk Peppa, to... I thought Peppa Pig was a girl pig. Oh, wait, maybe. See, that's how much I know about Peppa Pig. Maybe it's a girl. The pig is a pig. The pig's a pig, yeah. yeah. You said the, I don't know. I guess a girl could be a dude. We're in, it's, two, it's 2022. True. It's 2022. Let's not Okay, is Peppa Pig a boy or a girl? I don't know. I don't know. Do you have, do you have your, your microcomputer? Here, I got it. I got you. That's weird. Maybe Peppa Pig is just synthetic. I was listening to an... Uh, a little thing about Bill Gates and synthetic meats. Really? Did you know Bill Gates is the largest farmland owner in the country? I did know that. I did know that Bill Gates, because he's been buying all kinds of fucking land in Washington out, out on the west. Yeah. He's been buying all kinds of farms and land. And now, coincidentally, and they all produce... Uh, Stuff for meat alternatives, such as legumes and things like that, right? Yeah. And he just coincidentally also is now pushing the world to get rid of cows and meat. Yeah, he's a long game guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like, I mean, you think about it. He started this fucking shit in a garage, right? Yeah. And in that, he's, it's like millions of acres. Yeah. Right? So... There's a, it's interesting because I also have read that um, foreign interests are also buying up large swaths of farmland across America, and which is a little bit unsettling to a degree because, you know, like if, say, China, which I think is the largest one, um, owns even 15% of American farmland. Yeah, that's bizarre. All said and done. It's like... They now have control of our food source here and in a lot of other sources of shit that we need from over there. And so it's like, that's, I don't like the idea of that very much. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, um, just to recap our conversation, because we're Neanderthals and we need to know this. There is an exception to this gloomy view of the ABC for Kids lineup, namely the popular Peppa Pig. Peppa is female. She is the star of the show. And while she may be pink, her father and little brother are too. I don't even know what is. Uh, um. mm. There's an Australian one that Lincoln likes to watch. Um, Bluey. Have you seen, heard of Bluey? Never heard of Bluey. They're dogs. And this dog's name is Bluey. 
and it's blue, but Bluey's a girl, and I didn't realize that for the longest time either. Okay. Because the way it's set up is the dad is a blue dog, the mom is like an orange dog, they have a younger sister, forgot her name, who's an orange dog, and then Bluey, who's blue, and named Bluey. But dad's blue and, and mom and the sister are Yeah, and so you just, when you're... You if, you're, if you're a parent and you, like, walk by it as your kid's watching it and you don't hear, like, the dogs talking mm-hmm. or saying it explicitly, you, it's it's an easy assumption to make. But maybe that's the point in Australian media. I don't know. It's an Australian. It is. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's, uh, you, you, it's everything's so fluid now. It is. It's just so fluid. You just, um, interesting thing happened to me yesterday. I was in Madison. I had to go get, uh, um, I had to go start up my own phone line. Oh, fun. Yes. Uh, so not really, because two weeks ago, I was trying to start my own phone line here in Baraboo. No, it was a week ago. And uh, apparently, I, for, I had totally forgotten about this. Back about four years ago, somebody from the West Coast hacked into my U.S. cellular uh, identity, I guess, or something, and purchased four brand new iPhones. Nice. Yeah. So I got a bill in the mail for like over three grand. And it was like, what the fuck is that? So I called them up and they're like, oh, didn't you buy some iPhones? I'm like, why would I buy four iPhones? You know, and they're like, well, no, you got kids or something. And it's like, no, that's not me. And so they had to go through this whole vetting process and prove it wasn't me. And I wasn't mm. in the Western hemisphere, Western United States at that time and all the things. I was in the Western Hemisphere, I believe. Um, so, uh, uh, so fast forward to last weekend. I got to start up my own phone line for me and my kids. And um, the dude's like, oh, you got flagged. I'm like, what do you mean I got flagged? Because I'd forgotten about this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, apparently something on your account says you have to prove your identity. I'm like, okay. And they said, so we need you to provide your social security card. I'm like, all right, cool. Went home, got my social security card, brought it back. Guy scans it in. And uh, um, he goes, now, they might not accept this. I'm like, what? It's my social security card. It's like legit and real. He's like, I know. He goes, but we have to email it in. And they only accept faxes from us. Who the fuck still faxes anything? Yeah. They fucking fax it there, U.S. Cellular. Right. So they can't because their fax machine doesn't work, apparently. They've had it for two years. It's a copy, scan, fax, multi, whatever. And apparently the fax doesn't work. And I'm like, so it hasn't worked for two years? You haven't fixed it? And they're like, no. It's like. Solid. So now what? They're like, well, so the guy won't accept an email from me. And usually our manager will just email it in and they'll be like, ah, okay. But they won't accept it. So you have to drive to a corporate location to uh, prove your identity. And like, what fucking fucking gas is right now, bro? Yeah. Like I got to drive to Madison to prove my identity for you people. (laughs) And, And he's like, yeah, sorry. You don't know what to tell you. Um, so I waited a week till the next weekend. I drove down there yesterday and, uh, I get into the store and there's like nobody there, which is rare, right? They're usually busy as fuck. So I got in, sat down quick. It was really nice talking to this guy. And, uh, um, we start setting up the line and all that shit. And, um, he's like, uh, you don't have any reason to have a fourth line, do you? I'm like, not really. Why? And he's like, well, your bill is like $179.99 a month for your three lines. I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, 
if you had a fourth line just because you're starting a, a new-ish account, we can give you a free phone. Mm. Like, any free phone? He's like, yeah, you could have an iPhone 13 if you wanted. He's like, just for starting the line. I'm like, well, how much is that new line going to cost me? He says, well, here's the thing. He says, it's like five bucks a month. I go, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. So he's like, if you open up a fourth line and you get a free iPhone 13 for five bucks a month. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a bad deal. He's like, could you use it? And I'm like, well, I've got a shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just put it in my shop and have a shop phone. And he's like, well, there you go. So now I got a brand new right. iPhone 13 sitting on my desk that it, on one hand, it feels so like, uh, like gluttonous almost, you know, cause it's like, I've got this, like this really expensive piece of hardware that I'm not using really, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it was like on, on so many levels, it would be so foolish not to sure. You know, like, why wouldn't you take advantage of this? So basically it's going to be like a hundred and some dollar okay. iPhone, you know, which is nice. a $900 phone. Yeah. So, um, I don't even know why I started talking about that. I don't either. So, which kids do you keep? Do you still pay for their phones? Kirsten and Dylan. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they're they're still on that. Yeah, on that cusp. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, so, anyway, my ordeal. I was down there for like. It's always like three hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a commitment. When yeah, you have to go down. It's just it's not a great feeling. Yeah. Oh. Now I remember why. I went uh, okay, down. we're now, waking up. Now we're waking up. Now the coffee's kicking in, everybody. So um, there's this uh, um, coffee shop in, uh, in on Parminster Street, just off Parminster Street, called Grace. And they got great food, really great coffee. It's a cool, like, more industrial environment. Um, and I like stopping down there when I get a chance because it's just it's a cool place to hang. Um, I was hungry. So I sw- swung in there, um, ordered some food. And it threw me, so the uh, the the person that was taking my order had a very female voice, was dressed somewhat femininely, um, but when they looked up at me, they had a very feminine face, but they had a full-on jet black mustache. Mm. And it was like, okay, so I had to look down for a second. Like I pull out my my wallet or something, because I didn't want to seem rude. Sure, you know, but it totally fucking threw me. I was not expecting that. It yeah. was it was one of those it was one of those moments where it's like like I understand that the world we live in like I get it, you know, and and I and like she was great. She was or they were great, very kind. I don't know what yeah. the pronoun to use is, but for a second I was like, okay, I was, I sure. was yeah. Sure. Um, and so it was like, uh, uh, but they were having conversations with coworkers, and obviously everything was like cool with them. Like they know each other, so it's like they're used to it. But I was just like, how do you get your mustache that that black? Like it was it was like full on, and it was and it was like, is it a real mustache? I had all these things running through my head because it was just <laughs> like, how does that happen? You know, it's like, was it like, um, does she take testosterone or do they take testosterone? Because they had breasts. You know, it was very obvious physiologically that it was, a, a, they were a female, you know, and it was, just, I, I had all these questions running through my mind and it's like, and not, not even in a rude way, just out of yeah. pure curiosity, curiosity, you know, and it was just like, huh, okay, interesting. You know, it was just like this moment of like, hmm, introspection and trying to understand, you know, yeah. and so it's like, I just, um, I could see 
I can see like some of my family members from more rural areas having a really hard time with that. Oh, sure. You know, and, and it's like, um, I was talking to my friend Lewis on the way home. We were talking about how just, there's such a difference between rural America and metropolitan America. Yeah. There's just such a huge difference. And, and it's uh, like in rural America, me personally, I just find it so lucky when I have someone who is like, I'll, I'll just use minority as a blanket term, whether it's LGBT, TQ stuff or actual minority mm. who the relationship is just cool. So it's like, this is going to sound super maybe racist or, or naive, but I just have questions. Can we talk? Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to talk to yeah. them and just say, and just say, I'm curious, you know, yeah. you know, but obviously we're friends and it probably would come off like super like, well, maybe not. I don't know. They yeah. seem pretty cool, but it was one of those things where it's just like, huh, I do. I have questions. I'm just, I'm just curious. How does this work? Like, right. like, what's that like? Like, is that hard? Is it difficult? Like, being in that position where, where, um, you're sporting a mustache, but obviously you're biologically feminine, you know. And and it's so, okay. So how did like, uh, yeah, it's it is. So it's uh, to your point. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh mm. it's always good to have someone that you can talk to and ask questions of because it's like I want to understand. Yeah, you know. And I think that there's a knee jerk reaction to um. So like if so if there is someone who is like curious or doesn't understand and they don't know how to react, you know, then there's this like odd, there's an instant negative, mm. you know, uh, energy that comes around it. It's like why are you looking at me, or whatever, you know. And and so it's like um, it's like there's a uh, it's nice to have an open dialogue yeah. about situations like that. Um, because yeah, I I could I could imagine that it's got to be it would be difficult for them. If they came to a very small town, oh for sure, you know, um, and and face that, mm. so it was, it was an interesting interaction. Anyway, yeah, yeah. how did we get on that? Oh, Peppa Pig, Peppa Bluey. Pig, and Bluey. Yeah, it's just how do we get on Peppa Pig? Oh, sin- oh, meat. Okay, backtracks, <laughs> backtracks, backtracks. So they're pushing synthetic meat. Do you know what synthetic meat is? Well, there's like you th- you talking. You're not talking about the lab meat. You're talking. Yeah, about- I am talking about lab. Oh, meat. you're talking about lab. It's meat. called synthetic meat. I thought it was like real tissue. It is. So they take stem cells and basically grow fucking meat yeah. in a lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems way worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird, right? It's it's really it's a, that's that's the beyond, right? Is that the I don't know if meat? it's called beyond meat or what, but so so I was talking about Gates owning all this farmland and he's pushing meat free. So he's pushing legumes and plant-based proteins, Mm -hmm. and then synthetic meats. But, so the controversy is, is he doing it because he cares about the world and the environment, which he pitches himself, or is it because he's invested in this stuff and has hundreds of millions of dollars invested in synthetic meats, farms, and all this crap? Or both? One could say that by investing in it, he cares about it, if he's that kind of person. That's You know, and... Bill and his ex-wife Melinda have um, given billions of dollars mm-hmm. away in, in philanthropic um, endeavors just to like make things better now. Like he's also the focus of the whole, you know, he's the guy that's trying to get you to take the microchip and shit too. You know, I don't know that that's really true, mm-hmm. but um, I I'd like to believe that it's probably both. I would think it's like both he as well. understands that it's a it's a it's potentially a highly lucrative um, 
thing for him. Okay. Um, on yeah. a completely flip side, though, have you seen him lately? No. Why? He's got a he's got a little baby belly going on. Oh, that does not surprise me at all. Bill Gates has always seemed like the dad bod type guy. No, this is like he looks like a dude who's having a baby type. He's got that full on front he's got a belly, full front belly. So it's like that's like a beer belly though, isn't it? Yeah. Or is that just like dad bod belly that he's just getting... It's a beer belly, but maybe a little plus a little. There's been you... some memes that have been joking, making <laughs> fun of him. <laughs> so they're, they're talking about he's uh, he's doing some more experimenting on himself. I, I mean, so I mean, yeah, maybe stop fucking eating the synthetic meat, buddy. Oh shit! Yeah, I. Sp- well, they say like soy has estrogen in it, so maybe yeah. you know, maybe he's soy is natural. I can't wrap my head around fucking lab-grown meat, dude. It's weird, though, right? Yeah, it's like, how is it sanitary? Like, obviously, it's got to be in this perfect environment, but it's like, if you're going to do that, why not just have a cow? Like, <laughs> my 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 pea-sized brain mind just thinks about a fucking <laughs> ribeye growing on a, <laughs> I on a Petri dish. I don't think it works like that. I think it's just, like, burger. I think it's just meat. Yeah, but how does that like? How does just meat grow? It's I mean, it's muscle. I don't even is it muscle? I don't know that it's muscle. It's it's just like it's the. I guess it would have to be muscle, but like there, I don't know. Fucking look it up. Where the fuck is Bill? Where the fuck is Bill? I don't know. He's fucking sitting at home in his brand new fucking couch. That he's all excited about. Oh, did he, he finally put, get it? He did. He got his new couch and he put it together and he he called me from his couch. He's like, bro. This is my couch. I'm laying on my couch, and it's amazing. Looking out at the clouds, he was he was he was feeling the, the vibes. Um, it's I don't like, know. It's, it's like hamburger. It's like yeah. hamburger, right? It's yeah. just like, but it's like it's probably like gooey. I would think it's like, like I would think it's like I don't know. So, how do you? How does it work? How do you grow shit? Like, is it like a? Um, do you feed it? You have to feed it, right? You would think, right? You have to add shit to it. It's got it's like so expensive. And then at the same time for people that are that don't eat meat, how the fuck do they eat that shit? Like it's still meat, right? It just maybe that it wasn't like a alive that like it wasn't walking around on all right. fours. Yeah, so it was your if you eat that, it's not because you're like you take away the principle of animal abuse, I guess. Well, you, but you're st- okay, so you're still killing a living organism. Yeah. You know. You're still killing the living organ. In order to get the stem cells, they did something to some fucking living creature. Right, exactly. Well, but but then they created a new living thing, right? It's like the blob, you know, that old fucking movie. Oh, yeah, what happens when this goes bad? Right, yeah, it starts, like, slopping itself around and eating people. Then, then what? I don't know. There's a big controversy. That's all I can find on the actual environmental benefit of... From from start the, a complete cycle environmental finish of what it takes to grow a cow mm-hmm. or grow a lab grown meat. By the time you factor in building the lab, running the lab, conditioning the lab, you still it says you still have to like feed the cells so they can regenerate. Right. Well, that's that's what yeah exactly that's the thing. It's like it looks disgusting. I, I, isn't it like just this pink glob? Yeah, dude, it's like. You see, I give that to me. It looks like a hamburger in a circle. Fuck! It looks like 
someone took a burger press and just grew the burger inside the press. Like, think of a circle burger press. Right. So there's, like, veins of, of fat. It's, like, marbled. But, like, how is it how is it marbled? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Did they do that for, like, the photo? Probably. Did they, did they like, make it marbled just for the photo? Um, I'm... Has speaking of making something look some some way for the photo, has any fast food restaurant ever gotten sued because of their fucking ads versus what they actually put out? I don't know, but I just found out that a fucking insurance company in Europe got sued because this woman had sex with her boyfriend in a car and she got HPV from him. And she sued the insurance company of the of the car because she got HPV in the car and she fucking won. What? Four point one or no forty one hundred dollars? Forty one hundred pounds. Almost five thousand dollars. She sued the insurance company of the car because he gave her HPV in the car. And it and not only did she did she win in the court, she won in an appeals court as well. That's fucking stupid. How the fuck is that even like Wait, so it was the insurance company. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's better than the car manufacturer. Wait. There's no way you could. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I can't say that's, there's no way at all. Cause you, th- that's the push now with guns. They're Sue the gun manufacturer. Right. Yeah. Cause, because they're, what, making the guns? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's so fucked. So if you can sue an insurance company for that. You can sue them for fucking anything. Yeah, how would you win on that? Because, well, my insurance company for my vehicles made it a point two or three years ago that they're not just insuring the vehicle. They insure me. Right. And any vehicle I drive. Right. And anything that happens in your vehicle? Well, yeah. So if if the insurance switched from insuring the vehicle to insuring the person... I guess. So, so let's say, let's say you're, um, your kids are older. Yep. Right. They're teenagers. You give them a ride to soccer practice. They're in a, in a, in a couple buddies and, uh, um, they get an argument in the back seat and they start fucking throwing hands. And then one of the kids gets a fuck beat out of them. Right. He gets beat up pretty bad. He gets a black eye, broken nose or whatever. Can he ins- can he sue your insurance company because he got beat up in your car? If if this is the case, then yes. I think yes, because no different than if they were on my property, they could sue me as well. For getting beat up on your property. Yeah, they could trip over they could they could fucking try and do a cannonball into the grass and break their leg. And if it's on my property, it's on my property. That's how that's how fucked up our sue everybody for anything society is right now yeah there's no common sense you is anything that happens on your property you can get sued for whether it's your fault or not because it happened on your property that's why everyone has to start having umbrella insurance because we're so crazy and happy and people keep winning this shit well that's the thing that they keep they keep winning like like uh they're fucking 50 years ago someone was like well that was just dumb yeah you know, what did you think was going to happen? You know, if you go running full tilt through somebody's fence and you break your leg or 
poke your eye out. It's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck were you doing running full tilt? You know, it's common sense kind of stuff, but that doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't no, exist. you're liable for everything on your property. Yeah, I was listening to this guy speak yesterday on this on this uh, fucking thing, podcast thing. Not a podcast, it was a video. And he said, his, 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 uh, um, his grandfather told him this. He said, listen, he goes, he goes, I drive a Cadillac. Your dad, he drives a Mercedes. So you, you're going to drive a Ferrari. And he's like, but your kids, they're going to be walking. And he's like, why would my kids be walking? And he says, because. He goes, and he went kind of that, that point that we've talked about a few times where he's just like, he's like a hard man. Make an easy world, you know. It's like difficult times make make an easy, you know, make hard men. Hard men make an easy easy times. Easy times makes an easy world, and then easy men or easy people, whatever the fuck you want to say, makes a difficult world. And so it's like there's this cycle of like we do this, and it happens over and over and over that we always bring ourselves back down. To living this really difficult world because we had it so fucking easy, we, we lose touch with reality. We lose touch with the natural order of things, mm. you know. And and it's like we're getting dangerously fucking close to losing touch with the natural order of things. If if like life is built on not not existing in this world or, or coexisting with everything else around us, it's all just about us, you know. And then pretty soon, we're fucking lost. I think we, yeah. Uh, you think we're already there? I don't, I think that, uh, we're in a pretty ass backwards kind of spot. Right, where does it go from here, though? I don't know. I mean. Like, you look at, um, like, ancient civilizations and, quote, their collapse and the reason of their collapse and, from what I understand, like we're really close to that point. Just a, as a, like uh, the way we're living in our yeah. society, yeah, and the trends of what's normal. Mm. Yeah, there isn't like there's no there's no normal. There's no individuality. There's yep. no or there's yeah there's no uh, defined lines. Yep. No boundaries. Yeah. Break in in uh, trust, and it's everything's so polarized. It's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that you know, get to that point where it's like we no longer understand one another. We no longer are willing to understand one another. You know, you like going back to what would you call that when we backtracked back? What'd you call it? It was a mm-hmm. word. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, that's going to be the n- name of a, of a new <laughs> segment of our podcast. It's like backtracking or something like that. Um. Where like uh, uh, we, the the metropolitan area people and then the rural area people, we've completely lost all touch with with each other and the lifestyle, you know. So people living in a city have have like no clue what it's like living in a country. Yeah, you know, and so they they want to poo poo all of the things that people in the country feel like they need to live the way they live. And then people in the country want to poo-poo all the things that people mm-hmm. in the city need to live the way they live. And there's no, like, there's no empathy. There's no crossover. 
you know, you're either, you're either this or you're that. And, um, I mean, one of the best things I think that ever happened to me was getting out of the country for, for a while, not, yeah. not the United States, but like just I out grew of up rural, out of like ultra rural. Like yeah. I, I grew up in a town of 1200 people, you know? And so coming to Baraboo and, and, uh, and I went to school in a larger, larger city in, in Idaho. Um, it's, it opens my eyes to the different needs of someone who lives in the city and, sure. and the process and, and like the idea that, that you're around this melting pot of people and there are a lot of people that are very different, you know, yeah. and, and that's okay. You know, but when, when you're in small town, like, you know, it, I was talking to my friend Lewis and we were talking about how, you know, is it, uh, you, we were talking about how like teenagers, when they, when they get to that point, there's a point in their life where they completely rebel against everything that their parents stand for. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make my own way in the world and your way isn't the way I want to live, you know? And, and it's like, I feel like that happens way more often in metropolitan areas and rural areas. Like in rural areas, there's not nearly as much room, latitude to rebel and, and like go a completely different direction than the way your folks are going, you know, because it's like, Generally, in rural areas, there's there's not as many directions to go, right. you know, and 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 then I believe in rural areas, families are closer knit, and and so they're they're more um, dedicated to to like yes, they can go out and 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 like make their own path, but they're not gonna take this the stuff that their folks did and just say fuck that, you know, like I'm not that's not me, I'm not gonna be part of that system, um, where I think in in metropolitan areas, cities, there's far more opportunity to completely remove yourself from the way you grew up, to completely go a different direction and say, that's not the way I want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does that create as far as relationships in, in, in larger cities? Does it make it more shallow, more thin, um, less, uh, um, less connection, less devotion to the people around you? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just I feel like you, as a person, like, I mean, we don't live in a city. We live in the city of Baraboo, but I mean, it's what, what, 15,000 people? If, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like 10 or 12. Oh, no, we're more, we're, I mean, it's been 14 for a while if you count West Baraboo. Oh, okay. I'm counting, I'm counting Baraboo and West Baraboo. Don't forget the town of Baraboo. Yeah. Oh, the town of Baraboo. See, there you go. I think we're 15. I think we've got at least 15 in the area. Um, or it's like you just run in, we, we, I run into a lot of different kinds of people here. Yeah. You know, um, all walks of life. Um, it's not as diverse as I think it, it should be, you know, but I, I can't control that. It's just, it's what it is. Um, but it's like, if I think about the difference between that and a town of 1,200 people, yeah, for sure. You know, that's like 12 times more people, you know. Yeah, and then you scale up to 100,000 people and it's like <laughs> Right. So how many how many times can you have a like a relationship where you know in depth that you yeah. can trust somebody? That's valid. In in a in a 100,000 people town. You know, it's like that's really difficult. And it's like there was a a, a psychologist or something that said like your brain maxes out at like 50 people. Like 50 people is like your max. So you can remember the names and faces 
in some sort of connection with 50 people. But above 50, that's where things get glitchy, mm. you know? And, um, and then it's like, and then you break it down from there as far as depth of, of what you know about those people. And, and it's like, I think that's an average. I'm sure there are people out there that know more than that, and there are right. people out there that do less than that. But if it's 50 in a small town, you know, it's like you're going to see those 50 all the time. You know, it's like you're going to know them really well. But in a city, unless like, I don't know, like think about L.A., there's like little pockets in, in yeah, L.A. Yeah, I was going to say, not living in a big city, I would assume there's like neighborhoods. Yeah, there's definitely neighborhoods. You know, and really that neighborhood is your own city within the city. Mm-hmm. Like that's everything to you. When when uh, when my family and I were living in Burbank, um, we had uh, the city of Burbank, um, where if you want to talk percentages, it's like I knew like almost nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was like the the hotel complex or our apartment complex that we lived in. That was our city within a city. Yeah, you know, and there were maybe fifteen people there that we knew. You know, and then five of them that we would maybe hang out with. And uh, and so those were our people. You know, but we walked down to the park, like, six blocks away. So don't know anybody. Yeah. You know, and it's like, who the fuck are all these people? You know, but it's just like, it's so common there that you don't know anybody. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's just like, I can look back and there's a handful, maybe, like I said, five people that I can remember who they are and, like, important details about them yeah well even like if and if you're not like a social person then it's just your work family like when sam and i lived in appleton appleton's pretty big like how many people in appleton i don't know i can look but so we lived in this i'll I'll call it a neighborhood but it was two or three blocks long and one block deep off the main road okay Mm mm-hmm and we were super comfortable there. It felt totally secluded and different than the rest of the city. But we knew we could just jump on the the highway, in, go into the city deeper, and we'd have everything accessible to us. But not being super social people, it was like our friends and family were coworkers and the few family that actually lived up there by us. That was it. So, I mean, that became our fucking community so do you think like living in a city actually makes your community smaller 74,000 okay so under 100 but that's the city of Appleton Appleton's weird because there's all those you have no unless you know the area you go from Appleton to fucking Little Shoot to Kakana to whatever other city they're they're all all connected yeah yeah, there's no differentiating. Well, it's like Baraboo, West Baraboo. Yeah, exactly. You have no, you you wouldn't know you're in a different city. Mm-hmm. So, you have a community around you when you're rural, maybe, where you have an entire community. Yeah. Um, as opposed to when you go to a city, your community is much is actually much smaller, even though you're surrounded by more people. Yeah. So it's kind of a juxtaposition of the whole process because I like, think about like, and there's, I think there's exceptions to that. If you're like, if you're in the city and you're in maybe a certain position of, you know, 
work at the fucking chamber of commerce or the visitors bureau or something, you're going to know a lot more people just by nature of what you do. Right. But how many of those people got your back? Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking about is like, cause I can see that. Like say we work for a big company, you know? So it's like, you, yeah, get a you company know a bunch of people and you know, a bunch of people at this company and they know your name and, and maybe they've seen you at company parties and shit. So like they've seen your kids or your wife or your husband or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, but like, if 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 like shit hit the fan, or like they needed to like rally around somebody, like how like is the relationship like that? You know, is it are they considered themselves a community, or are they an island in a big city? Yeah, you know, it's like I think about like my small town that I grew up in. Um, it's like like if somebody's fucking house burned down. The whole fucking town. Sure. The whole town came together. Yeah. So I would, then yeah, I would argue that in a town like that, you probably have more support even than in Baraboo. Yeah. So maybe the, the larger the city goes, yeah, the smaller the scale of support because things happen to so many more people. Mm hmm. So, so like in your town, if a house burnt down, it's town news and everyone knows that person. So, yeah, they're, you're going to help them out. If you go to fucking Madison and someone's house burns down, unless you're in that specific neighborhood, it's like, okay. Right. Well, tomorrow, another house just burnt down. Yeah, it sucks to be them. Yeah. You know, it's like, but, but it, yeah, it, it's. Huh. <laughs> huh. huh. I, for some reason, that, uh, that fucking phrase from Connor Grogan's, was it mind your chickens or yeah. <laughs> something like that comes to mind? I don't know why, but it's like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, sucks to be your chickens. My chickens is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's the mentality. Like, cause yeah, even if you're one block over, you may, even if you're on the same fucking block, you may never even have met that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you, they just, they get in their car, they go to work, they come back, maybe you waved at them. You don't know their name, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? So like there's a there's such a misunderstanding or or like a, a yeah just a misunderstanding of what the difference is and what it feels like you know there's no real comprehension from somebody who grew up who grows up in the city in a in a house on a block and of a hundred thousand people in the city it's like they maybe got some friends from school and they got like people they play soccer with growing up and stuff but in a small town. Like when there's little kids walking around or whatever, they know everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows those kids too. You know, it's like, it's just a whole different level of like, uh, um, and I guess like from a kid's standpoint, it's got to suck, right? Because there's like, it, like when I was young, my brain was always like, bah, 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 I'm always firing, looking for new things, all that stuff. And so, and so there's nothing new ever in a small town. You know, no, like, like no wonder nobody wants to like, stay in their little town right. when they grow up and graduate high school it's or same whatever town from 40 years ago. Yeah. It's the same exact place. It's the same fucking people. The same lady says hi to you on, on the street. And it's like, I want to say hi to somebody else. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to experience something different. And like, I want to, I want to meet new people. And it's like, you can't really do that in a small town. It's really fucking difficult. You know? So as a, a young person growing up in a small town, it's like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. I want to try something new, you know? But then, but then when it comes time to like having kids, getting married and all those things, a lot of people will move back to that small town yeah. because it's familiar, you know, and they want this place where they have a community around them. You know, it's like, because it, that's a critical time 
to have a community around you is when you're young and, and having kids and all those things. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to grow up in an area like, you know, like for you, like you can, you can drop your kids off at the folks house. It's like you've, you've got this community around you where it's like you, they're, they're close enough where it's like it's a, it's, it's like part of the, the feeling that feels good of living in a small area. You know, not to, like we talked about, Bear Brook's not super small, but it's like it's just a matter of uh, it's that kind of perspective that you don't ever, I don't think people get when, you, when they grow up in a city. Yeah. You know, and the same goes for, I suppose, rural area people. Growing up in a rural area, you don't understand what city life is like. Valid, for you sure. Know. Do you think that translates to politicians? Absolutely. I do. <laughs> I only say that because there's, there's just been a couple of politicians who are so out of touch to address the gas prices. I'm like, what the fuck did the one lady say? She goes, well, you know what I just did? I drove all the way from Detroit or wherever to so-and-so and drove past all the gas stations because I just picked up my new electric vehicle and didn't have to worry about it. It's like, okay, great. You know, how much did that electric vehicle cost you? Right. 65, 70 grand. So does everyone just have 65, 70 grand to go buy a new electric car and not worry about gas prices? Yeah. Like, wrong statement, lady. Come on. I think that they're, they're so out of touch. Yes. But is that Jesus. because, is that because they grew up just, it's not your house. It's not my house that burnt down. Mind your chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe they grew up that way. Maybe they developed that because because humans are like we're creatures of habit. So after twenty years of living a certain way, maybe that I think people forget. Mm. People forget what it's like. But I think more often than not, I was another thing I was talking to Lewis about is like how like you look at people like say politicians. Chances are that they grew up in a, a place uh, that came from some connection to other politicians through mm -hmm. their folks or whatever. They saw it somehow. Their folks were very involved. Chances are they probably were maybe even not really well off, but they were good. You know, they weren't struggling. Right. And so they grew up a little disconnected from, from like the, the, uh, the people who are struggling, you know, and then, and then they, but they got to get the votes, you know, so then they go out and shake hands and say, they understand the plight of the, all the other people, but it's like, they don't really, you know, they don't, they don't truly understand because they've never experienced it. Seeing it is one thing, you know, like, like when you see the president, he visited the wildfire area today, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, that creates a feeling of, of despair and empathy and, and, and understanding like what it feels like from somebody outside of it, but he's going to go home to his fucking house right. and his fridge full of food and his family's fine and everybody's safe and he's going to sleep on a nice bed that night so to truly experience it i think that's where like politicians like you like look at way back i watched this documentary on john adams you know way back he was a fucking farmer you know he grew up his whole life on a farm and when he retired from from being in public service he went back to his farm so he fully understood the plight of people living off the land. You know, he fully understood what it's like to have to struggle and, and to work really hard to get what you want. So when he was making policies and, and, and trying to shape the country, he was doing it from a place of, of like fully understanding where he was at that moment, living in a city where there was affluence and money and, and the different style of living. And he understood the, the 
point of view of someone who owns a farm and, and growing up and struggle mm-hmm. and having babies on a farm and raising animals and, and the cost of feed and, and everything connected to that part of life too. And I think that that's the, one of the biggest pieces that's lost among our society now is that you grow up in the city, you don't understand rural. You grow up rural, you don't understand the city, and we're so divided. You know, it's like even look at military. There are people that go to officer school, mm-hmm. right? The officers go through a different program, but they're the ones making the rules and, and giving commands to people who are on the fucking ground, in the dirt, doing the hard work. And, you know, it's like, look at management styles and, and corporations and, and factories. It's like they hire people that are, career middle management people mm-hmm. to come in and fix the budget and fix this but and they'll come out like i remember when i was working in the printing um industry we'd have guys that would come out onto the floor where we, where we were working and like i'm sitting there i got a smash finger that's taped up with a piece of duct tape because i got to fix my machine i'm sweating i'm hungry guys are pissed off at each other because like it's 107 degrees inside and this guy who just gets out of an office that's air-conditioned in his, you know, in his button-down shirt and his tie, he comes out and he's like, I think you guys could do with one less guy out here. You know, we're trying to cut some costs, and I like watching you guys' process. I think we could we could make this happen. And it, and it, it just like, all of a sudden, that guy's the enemy. You know, he's, he is not a friendly mm-hmm. at all. Like, we don't want him near us. We don't want him talking to us. We don't like him. And it's like, we don't understand him. We don't understand like that he's got a job to do too and that he's trying to do what his bosses want him to do, but we don't care because he's coming out to us to tell us how to do our job when he doesn't understand us, you know? And it's like, so do, you know, it's like, do we go to the front office and demand things from them the way they do from us? We can't because we don't have that kind of pull, you know? And so when, when we have that sort of disconnect that, that, that creates like, you know, they say the middle class is eroding, you know, so that creates that erosion of that middle, right? Of those people who, who do understand both sides of it. Those people who grew up um, in, in one place and then now live in another or vice of, you know, where they can, they can empathize on both ends. You know, I think that's where you mentioned politicians. I think that's where we are sorely lacking in understanding of policy is that, they're they're ignorant. They're ignorant to the ways of life of 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 all of their constituents, except for that one guy. Which guy's that? Didn't, I don't re- I don't remember what state this was. It was either running. It wasn't governor, I don't think, but it was like a state congress or something to that extent. Not like on a national level. It was state specific. Some guy like just no man named Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, started running for office as the only competitor to this other person who's been long standing in there, and he like, he filmed his own commercial with his phone. Really? And he fucking won. That's awesome. I gotta find out who this is. I don't remember now. It was nope. a story though. That sounds great. That's what we need. We need people to understand, you know. And it's like, now, granted, he he probably got into office and was like, "Fuck, there's a lot more going on here <laughs> yeah. than I realized." Well, that's the thing, right? It'd be interesting to follow up and like. Where did this guy end up at, or where is he now? Right. Yeah, that would be interesting to follow up. That would be... Uh, um, I'll have hmm. to look up. I don't remember who he was. Or good what old, state he was, or even what fucking role it was. Right. It was a news story. That's all I remember. Yeah, good old no man, Joe. Yeah, 
you talked about the the person with the electric car. Um, reminding, I just watched this this clip of this guy. Um, so after this big this shooting in Texas, right? Everybody's talking about gun regulation, and um, and he's like, uh, uh, he goes, yes, it was a national tragedy. He's just like, but you know, he's like, well, just take nine eleven for example. He's like, so they flew some airplanes into the towers and they did all this thing. They didn't go around taking the planes away. And it was like, that's not the right argument. It, but he's a, he's like a congressman. And, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> Dude, they implemented so many fucking, <laughs> have, so much have shit. Have you flown since exactly. then, bro? It's like, <laughs> Did you fly before then? Do you know what it was like before then? Now yeah. afterwards? It's, it's like, a little different. It's like, come on, you know? And, and it's like, there's, and to me, on that, on that example, I feel like, I feel like that's a guy that's in a ride or die camp. Yeah. And he's just trying to think up any possible argument that seems somewhat valid to fight against the other side. Yeah. You know, which is another big issue with going into politicians and creating policy and everything else. It's like there's no there's no depth to that argument. That was like he was sitting on a fucking toilet one day looking at his phone and went, Oh, Fuck! This is it. This is this is my yeah. ground. I stand yeah. on, you know, because it's like he didn't have anything better to say, you know. He didn't do any research or whatever. It's um, it's so tricky. Did you see like the Matthew McConaughey thing? I didn't see it. I heard he talked. Yeah, he had a, he had a speech and and it was like it was extremely moving. It really was, you know. He's an actor. He is an actor. Yeah, this is very. It's a good point. Um, I mean, I. Obviously, to me, he seemed very sincere. That that's true. I didn't look at it that way. But that's that's, that's the problem I have with actors when they try and get when they try and do something like that is if you can make me tear up in a fictional film watching on a big screen, mm-hmm. playing some guy who I know you're not. How can I take it serious? if you make me do the same thing, trying to be authentic, like it's a double-edged sword. Like when I know you're so good as an actor, like I fully believed you were the Colonel from whatever civil war era and, Mm -hmm. or whatever it was when you took a stand and, you know, protected all those people at the church or whatever the movie was that I'm trying to think of. It's like, I believe like, I didn't believe it, but I I was moved by it. Mm -hmm. And thus, Someone wrote that script, and somebody, you know, you just read the script. I can't then take a fucking political speech that's also moving for more than the fact that somebody probably wrote the speech, and you read it in a very moving way. Well, yeah, how do you know? Exactly. You know, and, and it's like, it's, it's got to it's gotta be really fucking difficult I mean, obviously, there's, like, to be somebody like Matt McConaughey, the amount of, like, vanity and ego that it's got to take to be that man is, like, uh, like he's an actor, right? But he was standing at the fucking White House podium thing giving this speech, and it's, like, like, boy, you're, like... You gotta think really fucking highly of yourself and your opinion and your ability to. I couldn't hear what you said. I said it's got to be really difficult 
to be that person. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah. Be, because how, how, how do you have, like you just said, and, and honestly, like it was a moving speech, what he did. And it's like, I wanted to believe that he was being a hundred percent sincere, you know, and that he was, and he may, he may have could, could have been, I have no idea. Well, and that's, that's it though. He, he very well could have been, but on the flip side, you don't know. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, that's the crux of like so many things when it comes to people giving speeches and, and it's like when they do that all the time, when they, for a living, move take people, words yeah. and move people, it's like. How do I know this is truly you? And I'm not saying it's not him. And, and, and like, I, yeah. I really, on my end, I want to believe it is him. Yeah. Be, obviously, because I didn't even think about the fact that he's an actor and that he could just be delivering a fucking amazing performance. You know? It's like, you look at Zelensky. Like, he he has motivated his entire fucking country. And honestly, I and I have thought about it with him, I think a good deal of it is because he's an actor and he mm-hmm. knows exactly how to motivate people using his words and his mannerisms and his energy. You know, he can step up to a podium and deliver a fucking heartfelt, hardcore speech that demands better from everybody in the country to pull people together and has worked, you yeah. know? And so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. You, and I get why they had him come because... 99% of the people don't think like I just thought. They're going to think he's influential, he's Oh, I don't don't sell yourself short. I think there's a lot of people that think the way you think. Maybe. I think there's a lot. I'd I'd say it's probably close to 50. No, I think the reason that all these celebrities chime in is because they have influence and people buy into it because they like that celebrity personally or what they've done in works. Okay, well think about that though. Let's say Matt McConaughey's got 5 million followers. 10 million followers. That's like more followers than probably anybody. It, not saying he does, but like that's a lot of fucking mm-hmm. people, right? Ten million people's a drop in a bucket when you're talking about three hundred and fifty. I suppose. You know? And so it's like I maybe not fifty percent, maybe it's thirty percent. I'd say at least thirty percent of people think similar to like, well, that's great, but he's an actor. You know, yeah. so like or people are like, fuck him. Yeah, but the people who say fuck him aren't thinking like they aren't open in a general sense to like hearing what he's saying. They're no, they're just like on, the nine eleven guy. They're on the opposite side, and they just want they're going to reject it, whatever. I'm not against hearing what he's saying, and I like him as an actor personally. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying just you more are. skeptical yeah. in in the words, and it's ironic that celebrities are at the White House podium, and then the president is at a fucking late night TV show. <laughs> it is. It, it's it is ironic. It's. It, that yeah. was a joke. No, no, no. It, it's, it, it, it's. Um, was that? Did you see that, or is that yours? No, that's actually a thing. Like right now, he, the president keeps going on like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. He's he's one of the people. He's one of the people. Yeah. Yeah. I. But someone was foreshadowing, saying, "Oh, McConaughey's in front of a fucking White House banner. How long until he plays a president now?" Oh yeah. Well, he's. That, that's a really good point. He he ran for he was gonna run for like governor of Texas or something yeah. for a little while, because yeah. um, he like he, he his hometown was like forty five minutes from this Olvade or yeah. I don't know how to say the name where this happened. Um, so I think that was the other tie why they had him there because like he knows that town he mm-hmm. knows that area. Yep, you know he's from there. Um, so yeah. So what did y'all say in his speech again? I didn't listen. He 
it was like um, he read the names of the of the kids mm-hmm. and he eulogized them. Mm. And so um, there was this one little girl who was like, he's like, she wanted to be a rocket scientist. She wanted to go to space. She wanted to do these things. And he said so much so that she devoted all of her time after school and she researched and she like wanted these things to learn more and more. She asked her parents for these books and she had a future and she had dreams and, and aspirations. And he's like, and now, and he pulls out this pair of green sneakers and he puts them up on this, or he didn't. There was a pair of green sneakers that this security guard was holding. It was on this little podium. He says, this is the only reason her parents knew who she was. And then he started crying, you know, and he slams the fist on the podium. And it was just like, he's like, how is this okay? You know, and and he's got, it's, on one hand, he's got a valid point. Mm-hmm. It's like. Well, and I don't think anyone says it's okay. That's the thing. No, well, the, yes, exactly. You know, and, and I think that he, and I, I, I didn't, I don't know, like, I don't even know that he went up there and asked for any specific thing to change, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was more of a plea to the people to, to be open-minded in that, and that there's, there's a different way to look at things. Maybe we could stop this shit from happening. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe if we had something different out there than what we've got now, you know, then, then people wouldn't be burying their kids. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, but you know, what, what is that? You know, what is that? And it's like, there's so many viewpoints. There's so many ways people think is the right way to get to that point. You know, all the way from extreme left to extreme right and, mm-hmm. and really young people and really old people, all these people that are voting age and have ideas and, and, and get to be heard. It's all, it all turns into noise, you know, it all turns into noise. And then, and then what happens is like, it's like, then we, we rely on, career politicians or whoever to make the, the choice, you know, to filter the noise. That's their job. Right. And, and a, how impossible is that to filter that and, and B, how many of those people truly understand the plight of, of like all of their constituents and how it affects them. You know, that's on one hand, that's kind of an impossibility. You know, you're, you're asking one person, to to completely step into the 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 shoes of of a hundred different kinds of people from different backgrounds and different demographics and some of them from different countries and different religions and and different ideologies and and uh, how do you how do you filter out the noise to say I think this is the best way Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of ideas. The The problem I have in a general sense is it's, and by it's, I mean the, the political focus and the media focus isn't around all the, the issues related to gun violence. It's specific to mass shootings that happen from a certain uh, narrative, like a white man using a certain firearm. So what I, I'm trying to say this, like why isn't there media on the fact that, and I, and I just read this, last weekend, shortly after, or the weekend shortly after um, the school shooting, Chicago, 
Chicago saw another deadly weekend. At least nine people killed, 20 other six wounded with gun violence. After a week of more than 40 other people were shot the week previously, seven of which died. Over half of them minors due to gang, gang violence. Mm-hmm. Anyone heard about that? It's not about it. It feels disingenuous to me when we talk about protecting the kids and then they want to slander everyone who's not with for certain ideas because you're murdering kids. You're murdering kids if you don't agree with this. Yet no one cares about the other kids that were just shot in Chicago over two weekends. Mm-hmm. Like what I just say, over sixty something people shot in two weekends in Chicago, a week after Uvalde. No one cares about that. Half of which were minors. Yeah. So, so, it, so, can you really tell me that when you stand up there and you preach it's tragedy and it is, but I'm the bad guy for not wanting your, not agreeing with your ideas? That's the pitch, is right. If you don't agree with our ideas, you're the bad guy and you're condoning this. Yet everyone ignores all the other times violence shit happens because it doesn't. Because it's maybe minority on minority violence. Mm-hmm. Or gang violence. Or gang violence, which it is. In a city that's already heavy, heavily fucking regulated as far as firearms go. One of the most heavily regulated cities in the country. You know, I hear that with the... And that's that's been... That's been an argument of, of um, pro-gun. And I'm not anti-gun, yeah. just to be clear. Um, that like Chicago is one of the most heavily regulated gun cities in America. And, and it's like, okay, so the, I guess that the question I have around like define heavily regulated to me as how it actually plays out. You know, it's like, there's a lot of things that you can put on paper. There's a lot of laws you can write and there's a lot of rules you can put out there to say, this is really regulated, but if there aren't enough people to enforce the regulations that are out there, if there's not even the capacity to to recognize the 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 daunting task, yeah, it's like those the people that are um, charged with 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 enforcing those regulations, they're not enforcing those regulations. They can't. No. So so like that's an argument, but it's not in my opinion. I don't think that that's a valid argument because because it's like just because they say it's wrong, that doesn't mean that it's actually being enforced. Well, I would agree it's not being enforced. Just like I would agree that how many red flags were were how many red flags were there with this kid from Uvalde? He was in a psych ward as a minor, didn't get reported, so he legally passed a background check. He had. And this is all from things I've read or heard. Um, he had he had enjoyed killing cats and carrying around the bodies. Do you know that? No, I, I mean I haven't. I I don't. I haven't heard. One that. of his friends described him as erratic, and he came to him just cuts on his face one day, and asked him why, and he goes, "Because I enjoyed enjoyed it, like just cutting his face." Mm-hmm. It's like there were so many red flags that led up to that point. Yet he still passed a legal background check. So why the fuck did our background check system suck so bad? And then you look at the police response and how horrible that sounds like it was. Yeah, that was a mess. For sure that was a mess. And so there's just so many things with this. And then, 
But it's the same story every time. Either the person who did the horrific thing passed a background check, which means our background checks suck. Yep. Because there's plenty of red flags previous to that. Or they got the gun illegally, which means that the background check and the laws didn't mean shit anyways. And so, like, I just don't know what the balance is. Well, that's and I and I think that's the the hardest part is when uh, when like you said, a lot of the media only covers one angle, and then some of the media, all their job is is to cover the exact opposite angle. Yeah. Then, then it's like, how how do how do uh, how does a, a governing body or whatever get people to the table? to sit next to each other and and have the discourse it takes to to create a realistic process to help avoid these things from happening. Yeah. You don't. Well, you don't cuz those people aren't running for office. Those people aren't they're right. they're you have the politicians, they're the ones that sit down. They're the ones that talk and and they're in a camp, unfortunately. Yeah, they're in a camp and again, you play the you play the fucking straw man game where if you don't agree with me, you're the you're the fucking evil person, right? And so you you instantly demonize anyone who thinks differently and claim they're for this shit when no one's for this shit. Everyone wants solutions. You're just so set on the one solution that all the other solutions must be wrong. And 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 the reason I brought up the the inner city stuff isn't to say that I'm not actually for certain new gun restrictions because actually some of the stuff they've pitched I would be for with caveats. Um, I'm saying because you're using very specific instances to push a very specific regulation. Yeah. I, I don't get the genuine sense that you're trying to save lives. I get the sense that you're trying to control guns. Because well, it's such a straw man appeal. That's why. That, well, and that's the crux of their position, right? Go back to Matthew McConaughey. Can it be both? Go back to Bill Gates. Can it be both? You know, can they can they both want to save lives and also forward their personal agenda? Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. I think that they can. And it's like, unfortunately, what what happens is, is it comes across as it's just your agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to... Uh, you know, don't shove your agenda down my throat. I know where you're coming from. I know what you want. You want my guns, or you want this, or you want that. And it's like the unfortunate situation is, is that, I, and going back even to the thirty percent backtracking, whatever the fuck word you use, what the that's whatever that's going to be, that's going to be the title right there. Um, is is like the cynicism of not trusting, the cynicism yeah. of our society of not being able to trust someone who represents a different ideology, a different viewpoint. And so it's like, what are you really here for? Why, you know, why are you really asking those questions? Why are you really standing up on that podium? Because you're a really good actor and you're trying to sway people? Or is it because you really fucking care? Maybe it's both. True. Maybe it's both. And so... When That's valid. Two things can be true at once. Yeah. I can chew gum and walk at the same time. I struggle with that sometimes, bro. Tell me, I, can't, I can't talk and text at the same time. Either can I. It melts my fucking brain. I can't text and listen to a podcast either. I have to pause that shit. Oh shit! I cannot do that. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. What's so? What's one of the they want to go? They want to go age twenty one. Yep, twenty one for the for the uh, purchase of firearms. I'm fine with that. I, I have no issues with that. I I shouldn't say that. I'm fine with that 
if you're willing to change the voting age to 21. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I don't, if you're not responsible enough to own a gun. Why should you be responsible enough to vote? Word. I I don't disagree with that. I don't. It's that whole magic number of 18. You know, it's like, yeah, where did that come from? It's so subjective. I don't know. I think it probably, probably, I bet you started um, during the war times. Yeah. It's like, what we needed younger guys to fight in the we war. Need, we needed people to fight in the war. And so would you change the draft age? I feel like you'd have to. Boy, yeah, that would have to be I, a, that'd would, be a cascade of events that would have to. I feel like you'd have to change the draft age, the thing you sign, saying you draft. But I would still let people enlist. Okay, so here's the thing, right? This is the whole fucked up part about politics, is that is that everything is so intertwined and connected. It's like you can't just pass one thing. Right. You know, how many, how many fucking, like even the stimulus shit or, or Biden's uh, build back better program and all that. It's like, I think there's a lot of people out there that would have voted for some of it. That would have voted for some of the help and Mm -hmm. some of the programs, but those motherfuckers stuffed in so much pork and bullshit into that bill that they fucked themselves because they wanted, it's like, well, but on one hand, like you just said, it's like, okay, well that, that affects alcohol that affects a draft that affects driver's licenses that affects voting that affect it's like there's so many ripple effects that mm-hmm. it affects and so it's like why can't we address each one individually congress is so fucking slow as it is honestly it might speed it up if they were just voting on one thing like if you have one day based on take a whole bill and to say it's got 67 different portions of the bill instead of voting for the whole bill at once and then you have to give all of this shit that you don't want to give in order to get what you want. Why not just vote on individual pieces of the bill? I bet you would go faster. Mm. Maybe because I, th- but I think you'd have pe- like, I think you'd have politicians being like, "I'll vote for this part if you vote for this part." And then if you backstab me, fuck you. Well, sure. There's, there's, yeah, it's still high school in politics. Because I could see people. Like, you take what I just said. Like, if you want to change the voting age to 21, and if you want to, like, basically change the adult age to 21, like, that's all-encompassing. But I I can't envision it as one or the other. What do you mean one or the other? You mean, like, it's either 18 or 21? No, I can't envision, like, one piece of that being... Why not? Hmm? Why not? Because the whole argument or premise behind going 21 is you're not responsible and mature enough. To own a firearm. Okay. But I would argue that there's probably millions of 18 to 21-year-olds who have firearms who effectively do nothing wrong with them. So it's subjective. It would be, a, it's a it's a subjective thing. It's 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 everybody is different. And, and, yeah. And there are, so the voting is subjective as well then. So, and then, so it's like, when it comes to voting, it's like, there are people at 18 years old that are extremely connected Absolutely. to understanding the process, and there are people at 18 years old that are still like they're 12. But if so, so my point is, if you're going to treat all 18 to 21 year olds not like adult, then don't treat them like an adult, or don't give them those opportunities. No different than honestly, I don't think uh, 21 should be the drinking age right now. I think it should be 18 because of the fact that you can vote and you can fight in war yeah. and, and you can all exactly. those other things. Because you're treated as an adult at 18, right? And, and and so when you when you use that as the example as like okay so you should be able to drink at eighteen because of these other things that you can do when you're eighteen it takes away it takes it takes less validity or less importance on the actual vote on drinking 
because you're not talking about drinking anymore. You're talking right. you're talking about all the other things that you can do. So you, so so it takes the emphasis off of the drinking where really it's like should you be able to drink at 18 is like it, that should just be do we think that 18-year-olds should be able to drink? Not not well they can do these other things so why not this? Sure. You know, because that's that's pulling the the weight off of the drinking part. Sure. You that's know. That's fair. That's fair. And so, and it's, and this happens, like, look at, like, all the fucking, all the, all the judgments passed by the Supreme Court and, and look at Roe v. Wade. It's like one decision shapes a million more decisions moving forward because they all go back to that first time it came up mm-hmm. and how the court decided. It's like, you, how, how is that a, a, a valid reason to, to, to create a law or a bill or pass rules on, on the lives of millions and millions of people because in 1927, or, or not Roe v. Wade, obviously it wasn't 27, but shit happened in 1927 or 47 where a judge made a, made a decision and, and who knows what the fuck was going through that judge's head that day. Mm-hmm. Who knows what was going on in society in that community that day that swayed the decision. Obviously judges are supposed to be you know impeccably impartial. That's the way they're supposed to be. So when they lay it down a law, it's supposed to come from the purest of places. But we know, look at the Supreme Court. It's all full of ideology, mm-hmm. you know? And so how, how do we say that, 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 like, we can say he was 100% right for that and, or she, and then that sets the standard for the rest of the, the whole country into perpetuity? How is that possible? There's no... The, the, it's like, uh, uh, it's like, well, it's an easy check mark. It's an easy way to, to say it. Well, it happened then, so it must be still good now. Boom, done. There's no subjectivity to it. You know, there's, it's like, what was that fucking famous TV judge guy, the old guy, who were the people come into traffic court and stuff? Um, it wasn't Judge Judy. It was, but Judge Judy-esque. Obviously, it was the dude. Um, but, like, he would, he would sit down and, and he would listen to people. You know, this lady fucking came in and she got her baby on her hip and, and she's talking to him and, and, and he's, she's got like 72 fucking parking tickets and she's going to go to jail, you know? And, um, and like she showed up and he's like, how'd you get here? She said, I walked. She's like, well, how, how far did you walk? And she's like, I'm about five miles. And she's like, with him on your hip? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, well, he goes, must be pretty important for you to be here. He's like, it is. She said, it is important. He's like, well, why are you here? What is going on? And she explained to him like, like it was like her boyfriend's car and he kept parking it, but, but like somehow it was like in her name or some shit. And so, and she's like, it's been, you know, all this stuff's been happening to her. Um, that's been somewhat out of her control. Obviously she's made poor decisions to get to that point, but he was like listening to her in a subjective mindset, not just somebody who had 72 parking tickets that mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you got a kid that you got to take care of, but this is the fucking law. You're going to jail, you know? And it was like, it, it's, it's like, whoa, you can do that. You know, it's possible to be subjective. It's hard, but fuck, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what our politicians and our lawmakers are supposed to do? Supposed. Right. But you know, they're just keeping them, Chickens. <laughs> and Joe chickens. <laughs> it's true. It is. It is. It's all about mind your chickens. So that's how we get to this point where we're on possibly the, the, the cusp of a collapse because everybody's minding their own fucking chickens. Yeah. 
Nobody's nobody's looking around to say, that motherfucker don't have a single chicken and I got 175. You know, it's like that's that's not a that's no, hey, sucks their house burned down, but it's not my not my I, issue. God. Hmm? I'm really just I need to like they need to make a very honest documentary on the fucking year of a politician. Because those fuckers gotta work like twenty percent of a year. Oh my god. Maybe. Yeah. And they're they're making what's the standard senator wage? Like a hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars i don't know let's let's look this shit up i'm curious about this because i've always felt like they make a lot of fucking money they make so much money to do what i would consider very little and they've get they got so much fucking power and sway okay uh senate salaries um let's see a hundred and seventy four thousand dollars per year that's how much they make jesus um let's see in in 2008, they made $169,000 a year. Um, in 2009, they went from 169000 to 174000 from two into 2009. But boy, them fuckers haven't gotten a raise since 2009. Poor bastards. Because <laughs> they've been making 20 times the fucking national average salary. Yeah, so, but what is the, what's the, um... Isn't there like Not a twenty? It's like three times. What's the what's the benefits package? It's probably outrageous. Well, that's the thing. They don't have to. They don't. They don't like get the same fucking rules and benefits that everyone else does, right? No, they they get they get everything. They get everything. Um, what are the benefits? Uh, here are some benefits congressmen and senators receive besides their annual salary. They have annual allowances. Members of Congress receive annual allowances that cover the personal expenses of doing their job. That includes expenses for their office, travel, goods, and services. Okay, so they get more money. Yeah, they get more money. And probably they get to take their family on vacations and shit wherever they're going. Yeah. You know, so that's covered. Um, uh, Congressmen and senators purchase their insurance through an Affordable Care Act exchange. 70% of their premium, 72% of their premiums are covered by a federal subsidy. When they retire, they can qualify for lifetime health insurance under the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. So I wonder if all federal employees get that or just mm, congressmen maybe. and senators. Um, after serving for five years, a member of Congress is eligible for a pension. The retirement benefits depend on their plan, age, and how long they served in Congress. A member of Congress can collect their full pension at age 62 or if they're age 50 with 20 years of service. Though it is a common belief that they can earn their full salary amount in retirement, this is not true. They can earn up to 80% of their final salary, though this high percentage is rare. I didn't know that. So okay, it's, so it's, you can only make 80% of 174000 And that's rare. So, like, I'm assuming, like, if you're making 80%, you're probably retiring, according to this, in your 60s, and you have to have at least 20 years of service. Which most probably do. They're most probably do. politicians. Um, if a member of Congress dies while serving in office, their family can receive a payout equivalent to a year's salary. That sucks. Um, congressmen have the perk of free and reserved parking in the D.C. area airports. <laughs> they also have various flight perks. Um, members of Congress must follow restrictions for the amount of outside income they can earn while serving in office. Senators and representatives may only earn up to 15% in excess of their annual congressional salary. That's 15% of, like, what's documented, right? Yeah, because didn't 
fucking Biden make like five million the you know, year. Same with fucking Hillary. Yeah, all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. So, um, what's her name? Pelosi's a fucking banger, man. She makes a lot of money. That's th- for, through her husband with inside trading. I know it's fucking crazy. She makes so much money. Um, I just read something too. She was one of the top. She's in the top five of between c- Congress and Senate of whose spouses made the most through fucking stock trades while that person, the, the spouse was serving in Congress. Yeah, that's that's so 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 many red. She's flags. made like so many millions of dollars through her husband in yeah. insider trading. And then she does stupid shit like fucking kneels with a scarf on, try to show unity, and she has no fucking idea. Well, she stood in front of a. <laughs> what did she do? When the pandemic first started, she did an at-home video, eating gelato in front of her fucking Viking refrigerator that cost like twenty thousand dollars. Oh, I didn't see that. Talking about how six hundred dollars is going to help so many people or something like that. Well, the fucking crazy thing about that is like that six hundred dollars. It ended up being like way more money than people needed. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, we look at where we're at with our inflation right now. It's like, obviously, somehow, some way that fucked at a lot of people. Maybe not the $600. Maybe it was the PPP loans or something. But there was, was a lot. say, yeah, there's there a lot was, in PPP yeah, loans. Yeah, uh, probably more the PPP loans in the $600. So that's a fair point. I, I misspoke there. I was more just speaking of, like, the, the, the grotesque amount of money that got pumped into our, our, our yeah. society. And uh, to be fair, like, how do you do it in a way... That's like uh, equitable, and you think about all the other ripple effects of the six hundred dollars or the PPP loans, and who gets what, and how do they get it, and how do they get it to the people quickly because things are fucked up. It's like I, I understand the crux of the position that they were in when they made those decisions, and I was talking to somebody. I don't know if it might have been you. They're talking about how like, oh no, is Lewis? Uh, Lewis. Uh, there are um, people in other countries that. Uh, um, that they're not like they're not coming out of the pandemic as well as we did. Mm. Like our inflation is super high and it's super fucked and there's a lot of problems that we're dealing with, but it's not as bad as a lot of other places that not are coming yet. out of it. Well, not yet, but I mean, still, I mean, to date, yeah. it's not as bad. So if they're suffering more now than we are and, and they went through, let's say they like for a small country, they like still had the same amount of like, not maybe not total affluence, but they lived well. You know, and they're sub, they're struggling more than us. He it, it was his point that's just like, like yes, things are fucked up. Yes, things are bad. But on a whole, when you look all around us, we're still sitting pretty good compared to a lot of places. You know, there's there is a an understanding of like it could be far worse. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's easy for us to say as people who. Um I guess I would call middle class. Yeah, I'd say so. I would assume it's a lot harder for the people who make less. That's a good point. Yeah. It is it but so okay, so let's let's take that back a step. So let's say it's a lot harder for someone who makes less. So a lower class income wise. I don't like that word lower class. It's no. like um so the lesser Del Moody's. Yeah, the lesser Del Moody's. Uh, that wouldn't even be the lesser. No, no, no. no it's the peons. Yeah. That's even worse. We can't say that. That is. Okay, this is based off of a card game. We yeah, play, there's, so. a, there's a card game called the Great, Great Del Moody. We don't actually believe that people are peons. Um, so look, you take a people that are not in the middle class or lower than the middle class as far as income related goes. Yep. It's like, but then you go to the other country. What does the lower class look like there? True. You know, 
So it's like here, lower class, like you, know, you look at people might live in a in a month by month hotel. They might live in a little shitty house that the heat doesn't work very good and all that, but they're not living in a tin sided shack, mm-hmm. you know, with like fucking mosquitoes all around them all day long and, and like begging for rice at the food truck. You know, I mean, there's, I guess it's all relative, right? Yeah. You know, um, so it, it's, it's hard to know again, again, it's hard to know. Like I can't empathize. I don't know what that's like to yeah. be in the third world country or whatever, living that life. Um, but to, to backtrack these congressmen and senators, they live a very, very, very comfortable life. Their families live a very, very, very comfortable life. Yeah. They are, um, I wouldn't, like, some of them are definitely in the elite status yeah. because of, you know, insider trading and whatnot. And then some of them are making $174,000 a year, and, and they're still living pretty well, probably live in a gated community and, and those things. Um, and so how do they stay in touch? How do they stay connected to to their constituents and the people they represent when when they themselves don't endure the same trials and tribulations that their constituents do? Well, they could spend half their time at home with their constituents. Or on vacation. No, that's the other 25% of the time. Oh, okay, that's right. It's like, yeah, when they get like their their winter break, you know, and then their summer break, and then their spring break, and then their whatever election cycle break, all the breaks they get, you know, and it's like weeks at a time, months at a time. And it's just like, wait wait a minute, you're not going to pass anything for six weeks? Why? Well, we need a break. Because we did. Okay. We didn't pass anything in the first six weeks. So to play devil's advocate, let's 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 try to imagine what it's like being the life of like a congressman or senator when they are working yeah like what does that mean is like is there ever a time when they're not on is it like i suppose when they wake up in the morning till they go to bed at night are they 100% on and they have to be do they even get to see their families that much right. when they're I on i suppose they don't get to go see their families do they yeah i w- i would i would guess that that like their in- entire waking lives are devoted to this endeavor while they're working, you know? And so it's like, um, they, they're giving up a lot to be there, but they're getting a lot. Mm-hmm. Think about a fucking, a, a fifth grade teacher. They take that shit home with them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and they're working on shit day and night, five, six days a week, probably, you know? And then they get a long break in the summertime. They get it three months, you know, where they're still getting paid you know, to do their job, but they don't make $174,000 a year, Right. you know? So I, I'm going to put this out there and take it for what you want. If you guys want to vote on this, just, you just do what you got to do. <laughs> but I say that teachers should get paid like congressmen and senators. Yeah. If we could afford that, I'd go, I'd go for that. Because they're shaping our future. Yeah, there's some teachers that are not worth that to me. <laughs> but those are just, those are the obscured ones that get called subjective. out on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I, I think that if, if teachers were getting paid what senators and congressmen get paid. Damn right, I'll go teach. The fucking vetting process would yeah, be you'd much have, more stringent. Yeah, you'd have a lot more uh, competition in that role. Oh my God, you would have, and, and competition is healthy. 
competition yeah. is good. You know, think about the teachers you're talking about. It's like, I don't know a lot of people that want to come out of college, come out of high school saying, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Right. You know, it's like, hmm, fucking last thing I'm going to do is go be a teacher. True. You know, so increase, that's that's like, isn't that like the, the, the uh, basis of capitalism? It's like competition is healthy for, you know, for like uh, um, advancements in, in whatever field you're in. You know, it's like if you have competition, you're going to work harder. You're going to be more dedicated. You're going to you're going to be better. You know, because because you wanna you want that, you want that job. You want that opportunity. Whereas, if there's very little competition, well, then who the fuck cares? Yeah. Think about job market right now. Look at like people that are like just working jobs that nobody really cares about. It's like there's no competition for that job. Then they now now people got to hire anybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're like a total fucking piece of shit. That no, shows they need up. bodies. Yeah, they need bodies. And so it degrades the quality of work. It degrades the quality of like, you know, the expectation of the outcome of the work. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I was at a, a restaurant in the Dells. Um, this was last summer. Um, but it was like there were there were these two servers. And uh, my family and I walked in and we sit down at the table. And they're like sitting there on their phones and they're talking. And they're like showing each other their phones and pictures and stuff, and and they're obviously servers. They got their outfits. They got the little fucking notepad in their in their thing. And we walked right by them, and we're standing or sitting, maybe seven feet away, ten feet max. And and we we're sitting there for twenty minutes. Damn. Twenty minutes. No water. Kids are fucking waiting. So finally, I get up and I looked I, and I walked in front of them, and the look they gave me was like. Can't you see we're doing something here? That's the look I got. And I looked at him and I said, are we going to get some water? Like, I'm sorry, but, but like, my family's hungry. We're here to spend our money and to eat. And, and like, we, we want some service. Is that, like, too much to ask? And this girl rolled her eyes at me. And she walked away. And the dude looked at me and he goes, we'll get someone right over. And then he walked away. And then I went and sat back down and I was fucking like, I was kind of fuming a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? And like another two, three minutes goes by. And and then this dude starts walking towards me with a notepad. And he's obviously like, he's the one fucking dude that's trying. And, 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 I've, and I kind of felt bad about this. But as soon as I saw him walking, I was like, fuck this, we're leaving. Like, it's like, I was, I was so done at that point, but for some reason, I waited until I saw someone coming to my table when I made the decision that we're done. Yeah, they need to know. They, they and see. maybe that's what it was. I needed to, like, they needed to make this. it a point that we're walking out. Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, we're pissed. We're hungry. Mm. There's no water, man. Now I want to know where that place is. I'll tell you after. Yeah. I'll tell you. I did after. the same thing and I'll fucking call them out. I, went, I tried to eat at Subway like two weeks ago. The one that's in Walmart. Okay. And, uh, Walk in. It's the two sandwich fucking sandwich artists artists sitting in the back room, sitting on their phones, doing the same exact thing, talking to each other, showing each other pictures. And I stood there and I was like, I didn't wait 20 fucking minutes standing there waiting for something to pop out. And I looked back and I'm like, all right, fuck this. Did, they, just, did they see you? Hmm? Yeah. I, I'm assuming they saw me when I walked in because the one kid guy was look, looking over at the counter. Like, yeah. Not worth it. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, it's... Um, I just wanted dinner, but it's yeah. cool. 
it, it again, it's like the, it's a quality, it's a quality work, the quality yeah. candidate, the, the motivation. Well, that's what I was thinking. I, I walked out and like, I was kind of, I was a little fuming, like seriously, Jesus. But then at the same time, like, you know what? They were clearly fucking high schoolers, if not middle schoolers. Oh, you know what I mean? They were young. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm pretty sure that place has been closed a couple times because I can't find people to work. And it's like, whatever. I'm just, they can sit there and not serve sandwiches. I won't patronize them. Yeah. It's a, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place being a, a, a business owner and an employer. Yeah. Because on, on one hand, as an employer, I need to have expectations of my crew members. Right. Same you know? with my same with me. Yeah. And so and so it's like I need to have expectations with them. But when the societal norm becomes that all expectations get reduced because because employers are just supposed to be grateful that we have anybody to fill the spots we need filled. So then that's where like the participation trophies and shit come mm-hmm. in, you know, where it's like where do how how does somebody as an employer I, I I it's a it's something that I don't say I struggle with it, but it's on my mind often is is finding the the right amount of of praise and appreciation for the work that's being done and and doing it well and and also the the right amount of like accountability. And, and making the people understand that that they you know that they have a good job mm-hmm. and and that like it's a, it's a benefit to them to work for a company like mine you know and and to have them have want to have some skin in the game and to feel like some pride in their job so when they show up in the morning that they care you know and it's like it, being an employee right now especially a, a young one in particular it's got to be hard to find the motivation when there's a constant bombardment of like they like the man needs us so bad yeah. that all we got to do is show up and we barely got to work and we get paid. Yeah, and you can there's so many people that like just dictate what they want to do like I'm applying for this job that's Monday through Friday only 4 hours a day but it's 5 days a week and like I can work two Right, but I can't come in until this time on this date, and then this time on this date, and then I'm gone for three weeks this time. It's like, okay, it's great that that's your availability, but I don't. We need a little bit something else, right? And I can't play the fucking puzzle piece game of hiring four people to do one job because they only want to work one day a week or something like that. Yeah, what's what's the you know what in in a position where you're at like you said you can't play the puzzle piece part and and yet are there times when you just don't have anybody yeah so then what happens <laughs> everyone else picks up the slack right and then what kind of pressure does that put on yeah, them yeah i know you know no, we, I'm, I'm not saying yeah i'm just it's not ideal to play the puzzle piece we do but we i, I we don't hire the people who are like less than 3 days a week mhm it's just too hard at that point yeah um, well, but if we can find like a three and a two day and it blends, then it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, if I could like, if I could find somebody that's dedicated and works hard yeah, that, that says I can work three days a week, I would take them. Yeah. You know, but cause there's investment there. Like yeah. you got to train them. You got to do everything just to get them up to your standards. 
Yep. And then if they crap out or they're only one day a week, like you put more time in training them, then they're going to output in the one day over the course of four or five months. Right. And so where does the, you know, I, I find for me the difficulty in like, in like the, uh, whether it's what, what's the motivation for them to want to stick around? Yeah. You know, is it pay scale? Is it benefits? Is it, is it like good work environment? Is it opportunities for growth? What are the things that give them the motivation to want to stay? Cause you look at like Walmart, Walmart's got more turnover than any company I think that there is right now. And yet they spend millions and millions of dollars a year just training people to do the basic jobs they're at when they don't stay or stick around. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if it's a, if it's a financial decision, how can we, or how can a company like that retain people? It's like, well, you can start by taking all the money you're losing in the, in the hours of training and shit and, and pay that to the yeah. people to make to give them a reason to like, stay around. I get it. I often hear about the benefits of working at places. Oh, you're going to come work for us. We have great benefits. You'll never work weekends or holidays or past X amount of time. And we're flexible and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. But people work for money. Yep. Like I... I hate the fact that employers discount what they're willing to pay people because they claim they have good benefits and they use that as the ex- excuse on why people should work for them. Like you're out of touch with the market right now because you're going to sift through 80 people to find one who's willing to work just for the benefits and not for the money. Right. Like money talks. It, it It's the driving force. It's, the reason people fucking work is because they have bills to pay and they need money. Question. Yes. To play a little devil's advocate on that statement, and I don't disagree with you, but what it brought up for me was when we were in an environment where everybody was getting 600 bucks for unemployment or whatever, and it's like, so maybe they didn't have a lot of money but maybe they had enough. I know people that were taking their unemployment, 600 bucks. Was it a week? Yeah. 600 bucks a week. So they're taking their 600 bucks a week. They're $3,600 a month, $2,400 a month. And they're like, well, no, then, then the benefits did matter. The benefits matter because like, you know, I got a dog at home that needs to be let out at noon. You know, and I'm saying this from personal experience. I got a, I got a crew member right now. She she's got a dog, sure. and she has to go home. Like there are times when she can find someone to help let her dog out, but she has to go home to let her dog out. And and it's like I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to make that possible for her to to let her dog out at noon. And sometimes that's coordinating her schedule around if we've got a job in. You know, if we got a job that's way out of town, she handles it, you know, but if we're around town and we're bouncing from place to place, there are times when she's got to leave a job site as opposed to eating lunch with the crew and go take her dog out and then come back, you know, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer than the standard lunch. And it's like, and and I'm very accepting of that because she's a, a exceptional employee, exceptional person and, and our clients love her and she's absolutely fantastic at what she does. So 
I that's a benefit to her so that, that I don't extend to everybody. Okay. So do you pay her less because you extend that benefit? I do not. Exactly. And if you didn't extend that benefit, so that benefit has a dollar amount to it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if an employee is looking for that benefit, I would see as, I would approach it as this, look, I have a dog I have to let out at lunch. I just have to. They, they can't go all day. Mm-hmm. Either you can pay me your going, you know, your going rate, which I'm, I would accept if I can leave for an hour at lunch and, and do that. Or, you know, I have to pay someone to let my dog out, and that's going to cost me, you know, $15 a day, and thus I, I need essentially $2 an hour more. Like, there's a dollar amount sure. per day. And so so the benefit is there, and, and yes, benefits matter, but benefits matter relative to how much you're getting paid. And so if you're already getting paid low, then the benefits have to be substantial. And I'm just saying no weekends and and no holidays as a benefit or flexible scheduling. Like all that's doing is giving me the opportunity to either be home on the weekends or to go find another job to make more money that I can so I can pay my bills. Right. So if I'm getting paid enough to make my bills, then yeah, benefits matter. If I'm not getting paid enough to even make my bills, then the benefits can get thrown out the window. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's yeah. a balance there. And so my point is just when all the buckets are in the benefit side of things. Right. The, the, there's got to be a balance. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if someone likes to say take... Um, like there's a reason Quick Trip pays you 3 to $4 an hour more to work weekends or nights. Oh, right. And, and, and so does... I mean, Walmart does. Yeah. Menards does. You know, that's a benefit to working those hours. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, so if everybody across the board, say Culver's, they make 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you've been there longer, you get a raise yeah. and stuff, but everybody walks in at 15 bucks an hour. Okay, so are there benefits to working at Culver's for fifteen hour, $15 an hour versus benefits to working at Farm and Fleet for $15 an hour? So benefits of Culver's is you get free meals. Yep. You know, Farm and Fleet. Probably get employee discount. Probably get employee discount. So it's like. So when you're on the same playing field, yeah, there's benefits. Yeah. And that, and I guess like if you're, that's what I think about. I shouldn't say it like that. Right now we're talking about this. I think about like in situations where you're on the same playing field because yeah. So my employee I was talking about is um, she's my foreman. Mm-hmm. You know, so she takes on way more responsibility than anybody else. And so she gets additional benefits for taking on all that extra responsibility. You know, she has to do the thinking and the processing and the and the directing at places when I'm not there. So that comes with its own set of, like, extras, you know. Um, but to the extent that, like, I've got crew members that are that are great workers, but they're like, okay, so... I got a week this month I'm going to be gone. I got a week next month I'm going to be gone. And then I'm going back to school. It's like, okay, so instead of having you for eight weeks, I've only got you for six weeks. And of those six weeks, you got a dentist appointment on one day. You have um, a family reunion on one week where you want to, you got to get out half a day early to go to this thing. And so it's like, and I am, I am 
I find that my mindset is that I'm more likely than not to be overly accommodating. Yeah. But when they are working, when they're on the ground working in my crew, I have high expectations of them. Yeah, for sure. So I think the benefits I give, the flexibility of schedule and that, the reason I do that is because I know and they know that when they're at work, the expectations are high. Yeah. And I think that that's where it differ, differentiates where, like, when you go to a place like Culver, say, you know, it's like, you know, there's a little slackage, you know, maybe not Culver's, maybe Subway or whatever, where, you know, they can show up to work and it's like, the expectations aren't that high because fuck it, I'm going to walk. Yeah. Because this is not worth it to me, you know, so... As an employer, you have to find out. I have to figure out ways to make it worth it to them for when they show up to work. I have very high expectations. Yeah. You know, because we live in this environment where expectations are are extremely lowered. Yeah. But, and again, I caveat all this knowing you, you expect it because when they're there, you pay them appropriately. Absolutely. So you're not. You're not a fucking printing press, and I know press, presses pay a lot more, but this is just would be a hypothetical. If, I, if I'm a printing press and I say, hey, look, you're never going to have to be here past 4 o'clock. You never have to work weekends or holidays, but I'm going to pay you $11 an hour. Mm-hmm. Who's going to work there? Just because you don't have to work weekends or holidays. Yeah, one out of 80, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. Because the benefits, like, again, it comes down to the pay, like, it's, it's, it's a complete package, and it, when an employer like you has a complete package, you are going to find more and, frankly, better employees. If you're missing part of the package and you're banking on the other half, like, it's just a market right now where people can expect a full package. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, so, so, like, to put it into... Oh. And part of your package is a four-day work week. Right, absolutely. It's a four-day work week. I'm looking forward to that. There's a test in there. They're not a test. Um, there's a collective in Europe who are experimenting with this. I've read about that. It's. I think that's so. That's another another place. I think it's very subjective to to like, like how many places can actually do a four-day work week. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, because it's like so much of society is built around five days. Yeah, you know. Um, Here's a perfect example on on from my perspective. So, for the last three years, I don't work Fridays, generally, because Fridays are the day that I go to the chiropractor, yep. I get my oil changed, I go grocery shopping, and all those things. Right. Well, my my local mechanic, my guy that I'm a diehard believer in, they don't open on they're not open on Fridays anymore. So now all of a sudden, I can't get my oil changed mm-hmm. on the day when I took off specifically to get my oil changed. I think I think if everyone started going, okay, we're going to f- four-day work weeks, I think you would find that businesses to accommodate would start staggering. So maybe your mechanic, instead of being off Fridays, would be off Mondays. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, that would make sense. You know what I mean? If or, it was more of a societal norm. If it was a societal norm. Or like a bank is going to have maybe a rotation of employees. Or they have the weekend crew employees who would work the Fridays and Saturdays, or right? Something like and that. see, and that seems more realistic to me. Yeah, to create that because I've thought about even in, even in my industry where it's like we have a four day work week, 
But there's times when I kind of like to get some shit done on yeah. Friday if I could. So maybe if I had a crew member that was like, yeah. maybe they worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as yep. opposed to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, and if I was a service industry, specifically, say a mechanic, and I knew the norm was four-day work weeks, you bet your ass I'm open on the days that everyone else has taken off. Right. Well, and then and then all of a sudden everybody's doing that, and then you've eliminated the four-day work week. But have you? Because everyone's doing it, or they're hiring additional help to do it. Right, but they're open. But they're open. Right. So so maybe maybe for the employee side standpoint, it's still four days. Yeah. Or you're going to see the something. Do- the doors are open five days a week. Yeah, you're going to see something goofy like, Right now, Baraboo does early release on Wednesdays. Well, what if they just fucking eliminated Wednesdays as a school day? Okay. Okay, so now the school, maybe teachers are off Wednesdays. I know they do in-service. I know it's not the same. I know it. I'm just saying, like, what if a, what if a company just takes Wednesdays off instead? No, I, yeah. No, you hit a you hit a hot-button topic for me. I hate the early release on yeah, Wednesdays. It's, I, the, the early release Wednesdays, when they started doing that, it was the most disruptive thing. Yeah. To, to like a day-to-day life of a family that there that there could have been. And it, it obviously it opened up new opportunities for daycare providers and babysitters and and after school programs to create to be created. No, dude, I hate Wednesdays at the club. They are chaos. It's so many kids. It's longer days. It sucks. Yeah. It's I so Reedsburg, when I first when we opened in Reedsburg, Reedsburg was doing Friday early releases. Which I thought was way better. If you're going to do an early release oh, day, do a 100%. Friday because then if parents are going to go on vacation or a long weekend, it makes sense. Friday makes sense as a whole, just on every aspect of, of yeah. it. Because generally on Fridays, kids go home. Yeah. You so know, can I can I give you the the flip side of this? Absolutely. I've asked Baraboo students what they think about it. The majority like Wednesday early release. Have they experienced Friday release? No, but they like it in the middle of the week. Because I've asked, I said, wouldn't you prefer it on a Friday? And the majority of the ones I've asked, and not outrageous numbers, like 12 to 15 kids. Sure. I've asked. So I would say maybe 10 to 12 of the 15 have said Wednesdays, but they prefer the midweek break. Mm. I know. Mm. But as a parent, I'm like, fuck that, dude. Make it Fridays. If you're going to do it at all. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it just it just like it's a throws this little monkey wrench in the in the fucking mechanism, you know. Well, one of our schools in Toma, was it two or three years ago? One school in the district switched to the the year round school. Really? Yeah. Year round. Yeah. So they instead of having a, a summer break, they do quarters, and so they're there for. It's like, what is it? It's twelve weeks on, three weeks off. Would that be more disruptive to a parent's, I mean, cycle of like employment and, and managing kids' sports and, and all of that? Like, let's say in, in that district, that's their, their 12 weeks on, three weeks off. Do they still compete in sporting events and the same so, yeah. schedule as the other Well, it's districts? an elementary school, so I don't know. Oh, it's an elementary school. Yeah. So maybe it maybe that, that doesn't play, but I mean, even... I get I after think, after school academic programs, um, shit yeah. like that. You know, but even in um, in high school, I did shit during the summer when school was out. 
we went and did like workout camps and there was fucking the football guys doing training and shit like that before school was going. Right. No, I understand. I guess I'm thinking about like from a, um, from a parent's perspective, kids are home all day for three weeks other than when they got to go to camp or when they got to go to a meet or something like that. And then for the next 12 weeks, they're in school all day, Monday through Friday yeah, and I don't remember if it's twelve and three exactly. But it's something along it those lines, yeah. and 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 I I think I don't mind the idea of of uh, so much of year round school, in the sense that like if they did it in a way where there was absolutely no homework, none, like don't take anything home ever, you know, it's like. Unless, like, you're a senior and you're you're getting ready for college and you've got, like, major projects mm-hmm. and shit you've got to prep for for school. Um, maybe then. But it's like, in after-school programs, if you want to join them, like, math club or shit like that, then great. Then then that's a personal choice. You get to choose if you want to do school work after school. And But it's like, how do you, like, you should have breaks, but maybe just make the breaks as far as, like, around the holidays a little bit longer. But I guess then you're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's twelve yeah. weeks on. Three I weeks get on. why they're doing it. They're doing it to prevent the the learning loss that happens over summer. Well, yeah, that's huge. So, Look but, at what happened: learning loss over COVID. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that was a mess. And but I will say it's very disruptive when the rest of the town is on a traditional school year. So thinking back to your four day work week, I I think it would be less disruptive. If it's not a norm, like like individual businesses can get away with it to some extent, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know either. I hear it in your voice, though. I think it's time. Huh? You, ready, you ready to rap? Oh yeah, we can rap. Are you ready? Well, no, oh. I kind of have to pee. I, oh, that's what I heard. I heard something in your voice that was like, eh. it was like, huh. So let's go take care of that. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Yep. So I can protect it. It's it's like not a, it's not a great protection, but it's like it's scratch resistant and somewhat dust resistant. Um, and they said that like the case is more durable than most. And instead of a three hundred or eight hundred dollar smartwatch, it's like a hundred dollars. Yeah. And uh, and it's got good reviews. And it's like, and if I smash it on accident. I can feel like a little bit better about it and I'm getting it from REI. Oh, nice. So as a member from REI, if something happens to it, I can return it. Nice. So, um, I don't know how long it's going to take to ship to me. I was just in Madison. I was going to say, you just, just stopped. I know, I, I, but it wasn't like, it wasn't my mindset. I was like thinking Apple. I stopped yeah. at Costco and looked at the Apple watches and it was like, mm, fucking things are expensive, you yeah. know? And it's the like, prices have gone up. I think, yeah, mine was not that much. Well, they have so they have like an SE version. Yeah, the SE version is still three hundred plus. Okay, the prices went way up on that. Like three years ago, whenever two years mm-hmm. ago, it was. I think the Series Six when that came out, it was like two eighty nine. Okay, know? the SE. No, the Series Six. Okay, new. so then the, the yeah. SE was even cheaper. It was like two twenty nine or something weird. Yeah. So it, yeah, they must have gone up, and part of the other crux of the of the process was the connectivity yeah it's like how well is is this watch going to connect to an apple device because apple devices tend to be difficult sure you know to connect um but 
all of the reviews and the user interface said basically like there's no like it it connects well with both iOS and Android. So um and that was like the other part is that I didn't want it to be glitchy. Well yeah, it was what know? was wrong with your first one, right? Because we just yeah, stopped connecting. Oh, that one, yeah. That was a total piece of shit, though. That was like... Kickstarter. I, th- I think I, it, it really kind of was. I think, like, the, the overall value, I saw those on sale on Amazon for, like, $15. Oh, yeah. So... It, yeah, that, you get what you pay for on that. Really, you get what you pay for. And so, it's funny how you get down that rabbit hole. So, um, Lincoln. So, we got him uh, Power Wheels. So, we had a free... We had a free power wheels style thing it was it's not power wheels brand that we got from a friend a couple years ago all we had to do is get a new battery so we got that battery and it runs just fine but it's not great by any means so i was like oh we could get the boys a new power wheels for easter because they were on sale for black friday so we bought them an actual power wheels on black friday hit it until easter and then gave it to him for easter and then we were going to give the one we got for free to Sam's mom. So she had something at their house. So if the boys went over and wanted to ride on a, a gator or whatever it was, they could. The things, the gator one is pretty rough shape anyways. And, uh, okay, so we, Easter comes, we give them the power wheels. And the thing just doesn't last that long, the battery. And it takes like 14 hours to charge. Yeah, the power wheels are notorious for like, it's 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 like it looks so cool, but it's such a disappointment. Yeah, because once it's dead, it's fucking dead, and yeah. everything else in this world is instantaneous. Yeah, but they love like when it goes, dude. They Lincoln can like drift with it. He they love driving the thing, and it goes actually pretty fast on a full charge. It just lasts for like 20, 30 minutes, and then it's dead, dead. And then they for, have for, a for day. like the day, yeah, for the day essentially. So I'm just looking at things. I'm like, okay, so they make. People mod power wheels to run off of Milwaukee batteries. Nice. Yeah, and Milwaukee batteries like can get different amperage, so they can a, a run longer, b they charge in like ninety minutes. Oh yeah. And c they put out eighteen volts, so the machines go even faster. That's the cool part about electric motors, right? Is that the yeah. it's the the power that goes to them creates the power you get out. Yeah, yeah. So the one we got them for. Um, for Easter is still stock and, and it's still under warranty. So I'm like, I don't really want to cut the power cord. The battery's still good. Fucking use Milwaukee stuff. So I'm like, okay, these things go on fucking Facebook marketplace all the time for pretty cheap. Maybe I can just pick up a cheap one. And Sam's like, well, why don't you just do it to the gator? I'm like, well, because I told your mom we'd give her the gator. And I feel when I told her we were going to keep the gator initially because the battery was so short on the other one, I felt a sense of disappointment. <laughs> So I'm like, whatever, I'll spend, you know, less than 50 bucks on a, on one from fucking Facebook. And, right. uh, yeah, one that's this dead, essentially. Yeah, where the, there's no battery in it, yeah. so I don't have a problem cutting the wires, fucking hooking up a Milwaukee battery adapter and popping. So anyways, found this dune buggy one on, on Facebook. It was pink. Like, ah, well, we could paint it. The, the Facebook ad said it worked. Uh-huh. So I thought it would work right so we got it home the boys like oh yeah i'm like before we paint it can we take it around the yard i'm like yeah plugged in the battery doesn't fucking work right well yeah of course yeah so i'm looking at it i'm like okay i don't know if it's the switch or if it's the motors these things can't be that expensive so talking about going down the rabbit hole i started looking up fucking power wheels motors oh i bet you they're expensive as fuck huh 
So the stock ones aren't too bad. Like a stock motor and gearbox is like, I don't know, 60 bucks a piece. Oh, okay. That ain't bad. And, but you need two of them. But there's a company that puts out performance oh my God. motors in five different stages up to like 36 volt. Holy shit. shit. So I'm going down the rabbit hole and I'm looking. I'm looking. Hmm. Maybe we need a stage four because I'm going <laughs> to run this at 18 volts. But if we want to run it at 24 volts, we could on the stage four. And it has metal gears in the gearbox. So you're not going to strip them if you do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I had to reel it back a little bit. Stay, well, your kids would fucking be flying. <laughs> I mean, that'd be almost dangerous. You no, could, dude, you could so have like pumped. a rollover. I'm so pumped. So I tailored it back. I I tailored it way back. Like those stage fours were like 300 bucks or something. Oh, like that. okay. Like, okay, I got to. Per? Huh? No, for the set. Oh, okay. Oh, that's more than a fucking. By the time I bought the Power Wheels, bought the Milwaukee battery adapter, and bought the goddamn motors, I could have just bought a new Power Wheels. Right. So I'm like, okay, tailor it back. Tailor How it much back. is a new Power Wheels? The one, well, they got kind of expensive. The one, the reason we got the boys, the one we did, is because it's normally three hundred bucks, and it was on sale for two. Oh, okay. So three hundred bucks for a Power Wheels. Well, that's for the Jeep one. So the model that I got them on Facebook usually goes for four hundred. Okay, but. So, like you said, the motors themselves are sixty bucks a piece. Yeah. So it's one hundred twenty for the motors plus the gearbox. So you're looking at two hundo. Yeah. Just just to replace the motors and the gearbox and buy a seventy dollar battery if I didn't go the Milwaukee battery. Right. And and so you're looking at maybe three hundred yeah. with tax. Yeah. So then so then basically it was it, almost not even worth it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, you're, yeah okay. But so I tailored back the motors. I. I got the up. I got an upgraded motor gearbox set, but still like, it was actually equivalent to what I could find the Power Wheels one, but it was a little higher. It could handle the voltage or whatever. So I'm still in this thing like 200 bucks. So when you first told me about this, I assumed all you had to do was to get the Milwaukee adapter That's, and that, go. That was the plan. That was the plan. That and, and things did not go as well, but. So did they not go as planned because because it was an impossibility to do it as planned, or did it not go as planned because there's too many options for you to get better, cooler shit? It didn't go as planned because I thought I could buy a cheap Power Wheels, thinking it would run. So are you are you a hundred percent positive that the motors are bad? No. So that's so that's the other thing is I it could also be a switch. So I bought a switch as well, a new. Uh, pedal switch yeah um so there's a there's a chance that i could just switch out the pedal switch and the motors would run and then and then would you send all your other motors and gear at this point no because i'm really pumped to see them run but i would keep them because if um the gator one burns out or if the regular one burns out i could just swap them they're easy to swap yeah i guess all i'm saying is like the rabbit hole created a, a much larger investment it had, did. Had, had you just been like, I'm going to buy a switch and see if the switch works. Yeah. Or, or had you like found one, I say, that says all, all that was was just the batteries. Everything else works fine. Well, yeah. And that's the thing with the Facebook one is that's what was claimed on the Facebook right. one. Yeah. So then, you know, you're, it's Facebook. What You can't go back to the person like, yo, this doesn't work. Right. I mean, you can if you, yeah, but there are people that do. I'm it's, sure. For what I paid for it, like I don't know, do you? I could leave a negative seller review, I'm like yeah. you definitely could. 
Yeah, you're you're warning the next person. Yeah, just so you know, this this guy's a. But for what liar. I paid for it, it's not too yeah. much worth the hassle. I hear you. So, anyways, but, I'm gonna have a fucking souped up power wheel. No, I'm so curious we, about. Okay, go ahead. We so, pulled all the yesterday. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm go ahead. Give, yesterday we pulled all the pink off. We washed it off, and we we started painting it blue. Oh, blue. So, anyway, awesome. That was our project. Nice. Yeah, so you gonna put gonna... a clear coat on it? I did. I started. I put two <laughs> coats on last night. <laughs> it's gonna be like the fucking like a brand new car off the showroom. It's, that's, did you that's tape it off so, and everything? So that it had three like stripes in the front fenders. So we taped them off, and then we painted those like a brighter green. Uh huh. So the whole the whole fenders are blue. The hubs are blue now. The wheel is blue, and then or the steering column is blue, and then there's still black plastics on it, mm-hmm. and then it has green like claw stripes in the front it oh. looks it's gonna look badass and then yeah so i pri- i put two layers of primer on it after we washed it and degreased it then i put like two or three light layers of blue on it so it was everything was coated and i got two of three layers deep into clear yesterday <laughs> so you got you're gonna you're gonna have like a full-on new power wheels hey, cost that's what, that's what sam this. asked yeah no because spray paint was cheap man it's like three bucks a can Think about the hourly labor. I'm not talking hourly labor. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's going to have a freshly painted with full new electric. Yeah. Electric plus motors. No, I feel that. And, and, and it's something you did together. Yeah. It'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah. And he's going to fucking fly. That's I want I want to see video of that. The nice thing about 100%. this model is it also has like a little side rail thingy. And so Wesley, like when we just took it off the truck, Wesley like can hang on to the rail. Oh, that's good. But it was cl- it's clearly bigger. Like his foot, Lincoln's foot barely reached the pedal. Wow. Oh, well, that's that's nice because he can grow so into it. So it's a little, a little bit, bit bigger. Yeah. Above, yeah. That's that's nice that they can, yeah, grow Anyways. Into it. So the question I had was um, you said, like, you got the one you got that's new and you yeah. don't want to cut the wires, right? So I understand, like, there's a connector yep. between the batteries and the wires that go to the, to the switches. Yep. Right. So could you have. Just purchased a connector, and then and then not modified the the yeah. the original system, and and then and then you've been yes. safe with the one you had. Yes, with a caveat. There's um. Yes, I'm not trying to shit on your brain. No, 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 you're not. I, I'm just I'm just curious. I thought like, about it. There okay. there is just a female connector that you could swap out, but the the caveat being you have to buy. You don't have to. If you want to monitor it closely, but you have to buy a discharge. It's like a little CPU board. It's like 12 bucks. It's a voltage. Once the voltage hits below a point, it cuts all the power. It's a over discharge protection thing. So it doesn't ruin your Milwaukee batteries. Exactly. Because through research, because mm-hmm. I'm a researcher, Milwaukee batteries have built in circuitry that will prevent them from over discharging only when used in conjunction with a Milwaukee tool. Sure. If you don't use them with a Milwaukee tool, they will over-discharge themselves. And they'll ruin the battery. And it will ruin the battery because lithium batteries, once you over-discharge, are shot. And those motherfuckers are expensive. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So Especially those big ones. Yeah. I did notice, though, I've been to uh, the old Farm and Fleet. Yep. Um, those really big ones, they tend to go on sale yeah. more often because they're quite cumbersome when you're strapping them onto a drill. Yep, they go on sale, and then they often put the uh, buy this battery, get a full free tool. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was thinking with Father's Day coming up that that would be a good opportunity to find one of those deals where you get a free tool with it as well. Kind of justify the pur- purchase. Yeah. Understood. Understood. So. So, anyways, yeah, it'll be fun. Did you when you were a kid? How did you? Did you like? Was Father's Day something that like you were aware of, or was no. it something that your folks always like told you? Something my folks were always told me. We had a tradition to go to my my grandpas and grandmas, and they would grill out, and everyone would be there for Father's Day grilling out. But we did the same thing for Mother's Day and Easter and all this. Like every time there was a celebratory day, celebratory day, we would go to my grandpas. They would grill out, and we'd hang out as a big family because I have like you know twelve cousins on that side, right? Um, so yeah, I don't think I ever, I ever personally made a big deal out of it. How old were you when you, as an individual had like a, uh, oh, it's father's day. I'm going to do something for my dad. Mm. Probably not until I was in my twenties. Yeah. It's, it's tricky, right? Like when I, um, with my kids, it's like I, I like I'll still ask them. It's like, what are you doing for your mom for Mother's Day? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, oh yeah, you know. But I think that Mother's Day gets remembered more than Father's Day. Agreed. Um, but and I'm not trying to make a some kind of point. I'm just saying I think it does. Um, but it's like uh, uh, when I when I look back, like when I was in high school, and and even in college, it's like now I had. Like, I was just getting out of college when my first son was born. So Father's Day obviously means a little bit more, like, when you're a father. Right. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, shit, yesterday was Father's Day. You know, and it's like, I was just doing my thing, whatever that yeah. thing was. You know, but now, as, as, a, as a father of, like, teenagers and stuff, it's like, I have the, I have the understanding that they're probably going to forget. Like, I get that. You know, um... And so it's like I, I have very low expectations. You know, it's like on one hand, yes, absolutely, I want a phone call or something. But that's just because I want a phone call, not even because it's on Father's Day. It's just like it's just something to just connect with your kids because as they get older and they get busier, and especially with my kids are living on the other side of the fucking country, it's hard to, like, maintain the connection. You know, so any phone call any point in time is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but it's like... Um, this this uh I, I guess where I'm going with this is I told you earlier my daughter sent me a card mm-hmm. right and uh um and it was like uh it was everything to me you know I I got it when I when I pulled it out of the mailbox and I just saw that it was from her like I stopped I just stopped, like everything stopped. And it was like, holy shit, like this is something right here, you know? And uh, so I had to like sit down and open it, you know? And then when I'm reading, I'm just fucking crying my eyes out. And it's like, it's just something, you know, at a, at a, um, at any given time that like there's these people that you help create and raise and and bring out into the world and they're out doing their thing. And so it's like, um, that, that, this, that connection did father's day and mother's day. And in some of these days, perhaps 
beyond the the Hallmark holiday monetary bullshit story that I know that I feed myself into sometimes and get a little negative on. It's like it's also this 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 thing that like makes people just gives them a reminder in our busy lives. Don't forget to connect to the, your loved ones, you know. And I and like this is the first time I've really seen it mm. like that, you know, where it's like sometimes we get so busy, sometimes I get so busy that like having a reason to call or send a card or or to like just reach out. It's like it's a it's a I, I I'm appreciative of it, you know. And and uh and, and and I'm and I'm even more so appreciative of it now because it's like it's a it's a it's a little reminder for my kids, you know, in their busy lives because I don't I don't have the expectation that they're thinking about me during the day. You know, it's like they're busy, they got shit to do. Like they're learning and going to school or they're working or they got boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever they're doing or just hanging out with their friends or they're getting their driver's license and all that shit that happens. It's like it's hard to have the expectation that and and their short-term memory and all of the <laughs> shit that goes with being a teenager to like think that like they're going to want to like send a fucking card in the mail, you know? But the the gravity, the just the power of that card that got sent to me was unbelievable. It was just like it, it made it made everything. Yeah. You know? So for as much as I poo-poo the fucking holidays and shit and like and like you know you don't gotta do nothing that doesn't it's just another day. It's just like I I I really appreciate the fact that it's a scheduled reminder to connect with people that you love. It's changed for me. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's well hey, happy early Father's Day. Yeah, hey, happy hey, Father's Day. By the time day. this <laughs> drops, everybody, happy Father's Day. No shit. All you fucking dads out there showing up every single day, doing your best, your level best. Happy Father's Day. Can I take your very heartwarming and serious talk and ask a question that's totally not heartwarming or thoughtful and absolutely <laughs> Clearly, do you open cards on your for your birthday or Father's Day or whatever, like when you get them or do you wait till the day? I open them when I, I get them. I gather by this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Sam's thing is like, wait till the day. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. What? Okay. So does that? Does that? Um, do you have to wait today for everything, even the ones that come in the mail, or just yeah. the one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. And no. I guess my thought mm. is like, if you wait until the day, then you're gonna enjoy the card for a day, like. People, oh, may, okay, maybe a week. Well, you'll put the card up on the little shelf and be like, oh, there's a card. Is it possible that you're also diluting the feels? Like, let's say you get five cards. So then you open up five cards at the same time. Then you're diluting mm -hmm. the feels for the individual card. True. You know? I don't know. What do you all do? Do you open up cards when you first get them in the mail? If you know, like, oh, my birthday's coming up. And you get two cards from your grandmas, and you're like, yeah, it's my birth card. I already know this. Do you wait? Sam, call it to you. I know you wait. You make me <laughs> wait. You make the boys wait. So, so that's, a, that's a really interesting thing to look about because you mentioned the boys. It's like, as a young person, is there, is there a lesson to be 
to be gleaned from, from uh, waiting, from patience, from like, because then you're creating like an expectation around Christmas time or, or, or their personal birthdays from family members. It's like waiting, having the patience to the day of, you know, as opposed to trying to get everything when, whenever, like when you get excited about it, mm-hmm. you can just go get it, you know? So it's creating an expectation that's like, sometimes things take time. You know, you don't get everything when you want it all at once. Yeah, talk about that power wheels. You want to drive that power wheels. I'm like, dude, we have to wait for the motors to come. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so the, there is that, like, understanding that you can temper expectations and, like, be okay with waiting. Yeah. You know, so I guess on, on some level, I think with children, it's probably not a bad idea because ultimately, you know, when I, I believe, and I can speak for myself, when I got a carb when I was a kid, it's like, Reading the card was not what that card was about. Yeah. You know, it was like, is there money in there? Yeah, right. You know, it's like, is there is there a present in there? And it's like, you know, and you can tell, like, the difference between the cards you get from a kid or you get for a kid or the cards you get for, like, a loved one as an adult. It's like, usually, when I'm picking out a card for someone that's an adult that I want to convey a message to, the card is going to represent that message. You know, whatever the card says or looks like or whatever is going to be a definitive representation of how I'm feeling and what I want to deliver to them. But when you're a kid, it could be a whale or a dolphin or a tiger or an elephant that says, happy birthday, who's four years old? (laughs) You know, it's like all you're doing is conveying that like someone is saying happy birthday to you and they're giving you something. Yeah. You know, so I I think as as a kid, it's like Santa Claus or whatever, you know, there's there's lessons to be learned from them from a specific age but once you get to a point where there's where there's gravity to what is being given then i think it changes hmm. interesting yeah interesting hey i got another question totally unrelated though let's hear it do you got time yeah i do got time actually. okay mail comes what usps united states postal service yep i'm listening okay no I, if we need to take a pause we can just pause one second. Okay, um, pause. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Right now, I just had two things show up on my phone, and we're usually out of here by now or close yeah. to it. So oh, I'm just I'm checking. If you have yeah, time. I I feel like I have time. Okay, but I'm, I'm checking with my the people on the gotcha. other end of my time. You got it. Um, okay. There's one thing that's uh, requiring some time, but not uh, p- pressing. Um. Hey y'all, how we're are you good. Doing? We're good. How is everybody doing? We're okay. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck up this role. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Okay. So okay. 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 My point was going to be, there's like three major package delivery carriers, not including Amazon Prime, which would be United States Postal Service, UPS, and FedEx, and DHL. Okay. Oh yeah, DHL. I forgot that. Yeah. There's also another one. It's like Speedy something. There's Speedy Delivery. Like there's, no, they always show up in a really shitty van. Yeah, it's like a big white van with yeah. a circle. Yeah, look. Okay, that is. I don't think they're national though. Speed, okay, maybe that's local. Anyways, I uh, the, not re- remembering DHL. All I'm gonna say is I think FedEx is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you say that? Because I ordered something like two weeks ago that was supposed to get shipped FedEx, and it's been sitting in New Berlin for like four fucking days, and they keep updating my shipping thing. It was supposed to come. Thursday by the end of the day, then Friday by the end of the day, and yesterday by the end of the day. And now, since it didn't show up, any of them says, delivery pending. <laughs> Why is FedEx so fucking bad? FedEx, you suck. <laughs> how, come, how come something that's literally like two hours away is taking four days to get here? Right. And Well, not only that, why is it that 
millions of things that are two hours away make it with other companies, yeah. but not FedEx. Exactly. That's the real crux of the so problem. So the thing came from, I looked, it was like somewhere in Iowa, and it's been almost a two-week delivery time period. Fuck. I mean, we're spoiled as shit. I understand. I know but that. Still, but you weeks. cannot tell me. You could have sent the shit through snail mail, and it would have been here in three days. You could have driven down there and been back in a day. Like. You, so you know that the, the, the capability of them getting it with so, Yeah, anyways, my point was I'm curious on your experience with other delivery options and if you've experienced FedEx and if they're as bad as this one experience. Because I don't get a lot of stuff FedEx. No, I, I, I rarely get things FedEx. Um, to be fair, like uh, um, when I order things, I generally don't order them like on a on a major time frame. Yeah, you know I don't. So it's like there there are times when shit shows up in a box and like the fuck is that, you know? And it's just like because I ordered it a while ago. Sure. And it was just like, and I'm not in a crunch. Oftentimes, if I'm in a crunch to get something, I just go find it. Yeah. You know, because it's like, I know I need it, you know, but, but like, so I, I guess I can't speak to that too much other than. Well, and in fairness, this isn't a time crunch thing, but when I actually order stuff online, I get excited and I look forward to getting it. Oh yeah. So I'm the guy who does track his package. Mm, you're that guy. Not that I'm, I know. not that I'm upset. <laughs> like if it's going to take five days, but I just like to know. So like when shit like like when I order like say I order something and it says it's coming from China. Oh yeah, then you have no fucking clue. Th- then it's just like then I'm just like, oh well, I might see this in three months. Yeah. You know, so I to be fair, even when I ordered the barrel. Oh yeah. You know, it's like at the time I was like, I'm ordering it. I didn't care when it showed up. I really didn't. It was just like I know it's ordered. That's all I care about. When it shows up, I'll deal with it then. You know, it's like I just like I don't know. I just that's where I create my my limit my uh, expectations with a lot of things like that. Where it's just like yeah, when it gets here, it gets here. It's when it's supposed to be here. Um, so I guess maybe I'm a little weird like that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You are weird. I am. I'm. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a, a little weird <laughs> like that. Like a little weird for your weird. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I'd rather be a little weird. I'd rather have like that little weirdness about me that like. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it like it sets me apart because I don't want to like feel like it does. It's a matter of being special, but it's just like. So, do you know what a weird is? W Y R D. W Y R D. Yeah. No. So it's an ancient. I believe it's Norse. It was their term for. Uh, it's a noun for like soul, individuality. Really. You have a weird. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. It's like oh So like, in yeah North. I believe it's Norse. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but if it's some, Norse, I'm gonna love it so much more. But yeah, it's it's a noun, and they say you have a weird. It's what makes you you. It's equivalent to a soul. Oh fuck! I love that so much. So not only do you have a weird, but you are weird. Hmm. I'll have to look it up now. Oh. Anglo-Saxon culture. Yeah, dude, it's fucking shook me a little bit. That's awesome. Boom. Damn. Deep fucking thoughts dropped by Kyle. Technically, it's the concept of fate or destiny, roughly corresponding. But how I've always heard it or interpreted it was more like soul individuality. Yeah, well, fate, fate and destiny, I think that's very much connected to soul, yeah. you know, because it's all like predetermined whatever, you know. It's like, or not maybe not predetermined, just it just happens as it happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the way the way I kind of roll. Except for when it comes to my my business. <laughs> I I struggle Straight so fucking hard, man. Like it's like if there's ever a thing in my life that stresses me out like that, it's when I create expectations around what my business is going to happen and I think more more so than not it's because it's because it's connected to other people's expectations mm-hmm. of me. You know, so it's like when I build a schedule out for my season, you know, it's like I I I lay out the weeks and jobs and how they're all going to land and, and how I think they're going to land and what I'd like for them to do. It's like when they start not doing that, which they do every fucking year. I was going to say, like when you get a week of rain. Yeah, it's every year, though. It, every year it happens. It's, it's like it's uh, material delays or rain or employees take a week off to go on family vacation that's like maybe not scheduled or like it's mm-hmm. in the schedule. But mm-hmm. when I build the schedule... I don't know that, you know, it's like those, there's all the little things that happen. So, and, and it's all me a hundred percent. Like my clients are so fucking awesome. But granted they have expectations of me. Like I create expectations and I intend to follow through with them, but like they also get it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really good with me when it comes to that. Like they're like, Oh yeah, it's okay. We get it. It's like shit happens. You know, it's okay. Which is like, I'm so grateful for I, sure. You know, but yeah, it's, um, but I do, I do really appreciate living my life in a way that's like, um, very much as it, as it comes, you know, um, they say like, you know, you can't control anything other than the way you react to things, you know, you can't control anything other than your own actions. And so the world is happening around us, to us, with us all the time. And so it's like, I feel like when, when for me, when I start creating expectations about what's gonna, what the world's gonna give me, what the universe is gonna give me, well, then I'm trying to control more than, than just my part of it, mm. you know. And so it's like, but if I, if all I have, if my mindset and my heart is is dedicated to, just being present and and, and managing like how I react and then and then my actions in, within the world, then it creates a, a greater sense of peace for me, because because it's like I I have there's less room for the what ifs and the should ofs and the could ofs and, and like the, uh, the disappointment that comes with, with the expectations. And it's like, it, I think it allows me to, to operate on a more um, connected level, Yeah, you know, with the, with the world and the people around me. So that's why I don't fucking care about facts. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Shit about. Okay. Well, let's backtrack to something you do care about this barrel. Oh, the barrel, bro. It's a weekend. It's a weekend. That's yeah. what I'm wondering. Seven days. Seven days this afternoon. It'll be seven days to the hour. So yeah. you coming over? I don't know. I was gonna see what we're doing. Yeah, so so uh per my earlier break in the in the regularly scheduled programming, um I have uh I do have a, a celebration of life coming up. Oh, nice. Um that starts at eleven ish. Um and then at some point in time this afternoon. Or evening, I need to go pick up my son's car. Um, it's in storage at a friend's house, and I got to take care of that. But the celebration of life, I'm thinking, is going to run like 11 to 2. Um, and uh, uh, I think I'll have a nice window okay. this afternoon. And I could sure use a ride when I go out to get my oh, son's car. So if you're down to come yeah, let me verify a sample. Let me verify when I get home. Yeah, we d- just got to give it a little... Little taste test and uh, yeah, like half a 
Yeah. I th- I think what we probably have to do is create one. Yeah. So we've got Manhattan. three ounces of the original. Yep. So I think we make the one and we split it for yep. the taste, and then we make one with the barrel stuff. Yeah. And we sp- split, split it. So it's going to be two. So it's six ounces. Yeah. We're creating two three ounce yeah. drinks, but we're only going to totally we're, consume one. We're going to yeah. consume one, which is plenty. Yeah. Which and it was plenty. good. <sighs> Dude, it was so good. It was so good. So I'm just like, I'm super pumped. Yeah, I'm really excited to see week one changes. Because I think I think the most change is going to happen now. I was just going to ask you that. Do you think it's going to be the most dramatic at the beginning or the end? Well, I think, I think the noticeable, like, I think the noticeable change is, like, when you're comparing is going to happen now. But I think it's going to obviously be the most changed at the end. If that makes sense. It it does. And I, so the amount of change from week one to week two is going to be less than week zero to week one. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. I think that's exactly, exactly it because they talk about the seasoning of the barrel. Yeah. So after a week of seasoning, you're not going to get that much seasoning ever again. Right. You know, so, so week one to two is going to be different than two to three. So, but obviously week, zero to week four is going to have the most overall change yes and so as somebody personally that's not like a i mean i love a great manhattan but i i don't know if i could consider myself a manhattan connoisseur dude you're teaching me so you better be. okay well well but i mean how do i know no like it's that it's like uh um it's like i think a person has to have enough manhattans to be like or maybe just enough age manhattan so obviously we're gonna do this multiple times i mean yeah (laughs) To, to say that's the spot, right? You know, because right. it's like, oh, what would happen if it was just like another five days? Well, right, because at you some know? point we're going to be playing this. We got a lot of, you've got a lot of product <laughs> invested in this barrel. So it's not like you're going to want to over fucking right. age it. What's it called? Like the, the act of diminishing returns or whatever. Right, yeah. Where it's like you let it age too far. And then it's like, because I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't want to get to the point that I taste it and it's like, oh, that's the pure spot. And then I taste it a week later. It's like, oh, I went too far. Yeah. But how the fuck else do you know? Right. How do you know if it's too far unless you go too far? Right. How do you, how do you learn that? I guess. So you got to maybe fuck up a little bit, you know, to do it. But I mean, I, in the perfect world, we just love it, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think we will. I do too. E- even if it ages like five days too far, I think we're still going to love it. I do, yeah, I do. You know, but it's like, it is, a, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I walk by it every day. I have to give it a little glance. Send, <laughs> just a little wink. Just send like, a little love you over you. Yeah, I just, just send a little good mojo over to it. It's like, oh. So if you're struggling understanding, last week, Ike bought a little aging barrel. It's five liters, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, five liters. Five. So, it looks so small. It does, but it just keeps fucking consuming <laughs> everything he dumped in there it's like a one of those fucking little dudes at the hot dog eating competition yeah, just, <laughs> just like keep just keep putting somewhere. shit in there yeah so we had what five and a half bottles of rare breed almost i would say five and two-thirds well i guess the two-thirds though also made our test or our yeah okay um, so five and a half yeah what's it called our control our control thank you yeah yeah i made our control mm-hmm. so we, we have a bunch of rare breed wild turkey bourbon Plus a lot of vermouth. Yeah, yeah. So, honestly, like, next time, we got to do six bottles. As I want more control. 
Yeah. You know, so we've got approximately at the moment, I think probably 11 ounces, 12 ounces of control. We should have 12 ounces of control, which would mean we can test four times. But we sampled some of the control. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so therefore, we have less. No, no, no. Because we started with uh, two full bottles of control. Was it two full? It was. Oh, okay. So we it had was. two full bottles. So we have, we have a full bottle of nine ounces. Yep. And, and then we an have, eight. We have. Was it an eight or seven? No, it was nine, and then we took two full drinks out of it. Okay. Took, so we should have three ounces left, which we should be able to use today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we should have four, four Manhattans left of control. So, the um. If we had done full six bottles, we would have been able to use all the vermouth. Yep. It would have been a, a pure wash. All the product would have gotten used, and we would have ended up having probably three full bottles of three full control. bottles of yeah. control. Yeah. So I I think that like for future moving forward, doing more barrel projects, to do it that way is going to be the best. Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because then when you're measuring and everything, it comes out equal. Yep. You know, as far as like the Manhattan goes. Now, if we're making like an old fashioned or we want to do um, uh, a Negroni or something like that, then we're going to do a different drink. Well, the the percentages are off, so then maybe it won't really matter. Yeah. You know, but because, you know, they say, so in my research with the barrel aging project, they say like you can only use a barrel like three times. After the third time, it's fully seasoned. And so the you don't get the oakiness, you don't get the benefits of the barrel. Sure, you've pulled all that stuff out of it already. Right. Unless unless you change the cocktail that you're making. Oh. And then you're making a brand new cocktail. So you can make a barrel-aged old-fashioned that was aged in Manhattan barrels, kind of like they do oh, with whiskey aged yeah. in sherry barrels or a bourbon or a wine aged in a bourbon barrel. So so it's then you're pulling less of the oakiness and you're pulling more of the old other drink. Exactly. Exactly. You're 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 influencing the drink you have in the barrel with the drink that was in there right. previously, which I kind of like that idea because it creates a, it, it's definitely a little more of a craftiness yep. of the craft. I like the idea. I think as soon as you did that, you'd definitely have to switch your bourbons though or whatever your whiskey is. I think you'd get more flavor like right now we have rare breed in there. Yeah. If you used makers just as an example. Okay. Um, like, because then you'd pull some of the rare breed flavors into the makers as well. Would you, do you think you'd even really notice though? I mean, if it's, I don't know. If, if rare breed's just, pretty unique. But if it's in a Manhattan, the seasoning of the entire Manhattan in the barrel. Yeah, that's true. Can, you know, are, are you going to like, are we going to know the difference between because it was a rare breed when we started or if it was a, a maker's? I don't know. I guess if we had enough vermouth, it'd be interesting to not only control, like at the end of it, maybe we need to do this, is take a rare breed, control Manhattan, mm-hmm. the barrel aged, and then also maybe just make one that's not rare breed. Make a maker's Manhattan. You know what I just envisioned? A flight. I, I, <laughs> I just envisioned five five-liter barrels, <laughs> all all different... Um, could be different drinks, like oh, yeah. could be a Manhattan, an old fashioned, a Negroni, or whatever down the line, or 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 you could have like three Manhattans with three different kinds of mm-hmm. of. You could have a rye, a bourbon. You could do a Scotch Manhattan. You could do all these different. Then you could do an old fashioned and a and yeah. whatever. 
but it's like I just had I saw it. Like God, it's it's a don't, whole don't see things. <laughs> things happen too quick when you see things. <laughs> it's a it's a it would be so fucking cool. It, and it's like it if would, I if I didn't tell the story on here though, when we started talking about this, we talked about it for like less than five minutes. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I came back. And all I did was take a leak. So what? A minute and a half. And I was like, barrels ordered. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> We're doing it. Done, bitches. Well, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> zero expectations, man. I'm, I'm giving you something uh, different to chew on. No, it's, but it's, it would be. It'd be interesting. It, they, I'm sure it, 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 at a level of five barrels, it would be that's very, it would be excessive. Yeah. It would, it would be, be excessive. So I would, ha- we would have to have a plan. Yeah. What to do with these. Um, but I it'd w- also be nice to have more control, even just for this project. So like, because we're going to share this with friends, right? Oh yeah. To be like, here's what it was. Here's what it became. Oh, right. You know I mean? To let yeah. them see the difference. So, so what if you, well, that would be easy though. Honestly, we can create more control, right? We could just go. You can, but is it go- ever going to ever be the same? What? Well, emotionally no but if we if we could buy a bottle of rare breed in the same vermouth we can create more control true so you're right like but we i I think it would be a fair enough comparison to someone who's didn't like start in yeah right i think if if they're not invested in it and you're just showing them this is what it was this is what it is i think then you could definitely just create more control that's true because in an honest sense our control probably should have had like you know, X amount of ounces of each rare breed bourbon. Oh, right. Blended. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. In like, in, in, in the truest form. Yeah. It should have had parts of every bottle that went in. Right. In a very truistic form. Yeah. And that, that was like, and that's the, the micro, micro form because like. That's, those, that's me <laughs> being the nerd and be like, well, technically we should have took a. That's true. I mean, you, you are, you have a good point. I mean, but going, even going into the, uh, the barrel itself was a blend and then it comes out and there's like a thousand barrels go into the rare breed bottles and yeah. they're all blended, yeah. you know? And so it's like to, to the idea of a, of a bourbon like that is that one bottle is supposed to taste exactly like the other. True. Now, unless you're, if you're going and you're, you're buying a small batch or you're buying a single barrel, right, that's, that's different, different. You know, I guess you could have. I mean, the barrel has a spigot on it. You could have just pre-mixed everything, including your control, put it in the barrel, and then just poured straight from the barrel and then top the barrel back off. True. Again, okay. then, then the, details that don't matter. Yeah, you'd, you're 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 still. You're still pulling off the five liters that are in the barrel, yeah. And if you're if you're gonna bottle a liter of that, then then the other stuff wasn't in the barrel. Yeah, then you're, you know, yeah, you're, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're but right. like ultimately, I think like the the control isn't that big of an issue unless you're an absolute purist. Yep. Because only you and I are going to be the ones that have a connection to the original control. Very valid. You know? So, um, but I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, it's it's. So this, you just touch base, see what's going on this afternoon. Yeah. We'll do a uh, possible little sit on the back patio again, a little sample, sample. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I've had to like, there, there was one night. I know. I was waiting to see how many times you dip into this. I haven't. I haven't touched it. I haven't. I'm, I'm really trying to stay true to this process okay. where, where it's you and I objectively sitting down and trying it because I thought about it. It's like, oh, I could just like. I just have a little, yeah. you know, I just, just want to see, I want to see what it's changed, but it's like, then I feel like 
then it's it's like it's not true to the process. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to be true. Do you to shake you, bro. the barrel before you pour a little? No, I don't think so. That it's like you don't shake a Manhattan when you've got to blend in all the oakiness or does no, it blend I think it's all I mean they don't shake the barrels at the distillery. That's true. You know. I would think if you shook it that would be bad because it's like it's causing a, a disruption and it's like the nucleuses and molecules are banging against each other. You don't want to do that. This is not a no. That's that's actually the collider. pitch on some of the things. Oh, like really? that Jefferson's at sea stuff. That is the pitch. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. It's like oh, it's at sea. It's getting swashed. I don't buy that though. I don't either. <laughs> but. I understand it's a, it's a great sales pitch, but what I don't else, buy it. Who else did the sales pitch like that? Paisley has an American whiskey. Paisley. Brad I mean, Paisley. Oh, Brad Paisley. Okay. He has an American whiskey that they put on. A fucking semi and they just drive it around the country and it ages in the semi as it gets swashed dude that's got to be the most fucking expensive whiskey in the world right now i think now. it is super expensive i think it's like a hundred something dollars a bottle it's gotta be five dollars a gallon for, for probably cheap fucking whiskey that's just in a barrel yeah i mean that's that Ugh. so that's that's an interesting thing on value right you know it's like i i understand that they've got to sell it they've got to sell it for more because of what they've got into it, but but to the consumer, the value of either is either you you bought it for all that money so you could have the story to tell about where yeah. this whiskey was, you know, which is like fine. But when you're consuming it, yeah. if it's still like bottom shelf or middling whiskey, then it's not. Yeah, in an honest level, the story means nothing to me in that sense. It's a manufactured story. That's why. Well, it's it's what you tell your friends. You know, if it's a if it's a bottle that, that not everybody can get. And has been traveling around the country and all that shit. It's like it's like, oh, is that that Paisley stuff? It's like, oh yeah, well, tell the story about the Paisley whiskey. That's pretty cool, you know. It's got a cool story, you know. Mm -hmm. But like, the quality is like still the same. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Like you think of like artifacts, right? We talked about this once, I think, where this guy took this like vase from the Ming Dynasty, and he fucking he took a video of him smashing it on oh, the yeah, ground, yeah, yeah. you know. And it's just like the quality of this piece of art or this piece of pottery is not anything special it's really not it's a fucking pot you know it's the story behind it mm -hmm. that makes it more valuable and so in that sense it's like you know that's the story but it's like when you when you use it it's like oh it, it's a art is is so basically that whiskey is art right, right. you know art is art is a is a is a regular fucking thing that you created a, an amazing story around uh, like a banana taped to a wall. Yeah, shit like that. You know, it's just like where's where does the value in something lie? And I think it's all subjective. I think the more money you have, the more the value lies in the story. You know, the less money you have, the more value lies in the quality. That's why you don't see a lot of fucking Monets hanging in trailer parks. <laughs> just like I don't need no fucking Monet. I'm gonna right. have some dogs playing poker on my wall because you know, I I value looking at it yeah. as much as I would a Monet, but it cost me five dollars. Yeah. You know? So it's like uh it's interesting though. I like I like the the process around like dissecting that. You know, <laughs> to to try to understand like where the value is because it's like, you know, the whole the whole I I stopped in a, um I was driving home from Texas one time, um many, many years ago. I had visited family for a weekend in or a week and I was driving home and I was going through this little fucking shit town. I shouldn't say shit town. It's, it's like a middle of nowhere town, nothing going on, rinky dink town in like Missouri or something. And it was a dry county up until a year 
before that. And so um, I had just started getting into whiskey a little bit. And I wanted to, I, when I go on trips, I like to bring something back from the trip mm. that's representative of the space I was in. Okay. Like, I don't like, I don't like getting mementos from trips that I could pick up in Baraboo in a sure. corner store. So I saw this distillery and I was like, well, that's cool. I'll go check that out. So I go in this little distillery and I swear to God, the distillery wasn't much bigger than this fucking room. It was like small tanks, mm. a little bar in the front, um, and uh, and then there was uh, a couple barrels on the wall, and then some bottles. And they're like, "Hey, you want a sample?" I'm like, "Sure, I'll try it." And uh, I'm like, "Well, how old is this whiskey?" And he's like, "It's a year old." It's like, "Okay." And he gave me a sample, and is like, "Holy fuck!" Like, I it was almost undrinkable. Yeah, it was like it was it was like barrel proof, super fucking high ABV, and it was it was. Like, like I said, nearly undrinkable. And it's like, I didn't want to be rude, you know, so I drank the little sample he gave me. He's like, do you want to try a different, you know, I'm like, no, thank you. It's plenty. I'm driving, you know. Um, and it's like, okay, so it's interesting, you know, and he's telling me the story. And it's like, this is the first ever distillery to open in this dry county since like 1930 something. And so it's like a piece of history, mm-hmm. right? You're, and he's like, so are you interested in a bottle? And I'm like, well, how much is a bottle? It's $175. Jesus. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, right. And he's, and he's like, I know it's expensive. He says, but what you're buying is a piece of history. What you're buying is a bottle out of the, maybe the, the 300 bottles that we produced from our first batch of whiskey, of the first whiskey ever produced in a dry county in 70 some years or, or 80 years or whatever. And he's like, not only do you get the bottle, he says, you get to put your name gets engraved onto the barrel top of this barrel that you bought it from. And he's like, and it gets hung in our County museum. That's like, this is the, the first barrel that ever came out. And so it's like, there's an emotional tie yeah, yeah. to the $175 bottle. Now, if I was making, you know, 500 G's a year. Right, maybe. It had been one of those things where it's like, well, that's a really cool story. I could take this bottle home and I could share that story with people that I care about and want to share it with. And it would mean something, you know. But it's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, no. No fucking way am I spent. I don't even spend $30 on a bottle of whiskey right now. And you want me to spend $175 on shit whiskey? Yeah. No fucking way, you know. But had... I've been in a different place yeah, monetarily. Sure. It's like, oh, well. Fuck, if I if I'd been in a place monetarily, I would have done it just to support the company. Right. Even if I didn't drink the shit. Yeah. It's in and you have this this piece of art now. Yeah. You know, you have this thing that has a value above and beyond its quality. You so know? they say. That's the hope. Till they can't stay in business cuz their whiskey sucks. Well, it, it <laughs> it very well could have been and, and how sad would that have been yeah. if they were a one and done you know, the first ever granted license in this dry county. Yeah. And they're a one and done. Like, that would suck. You know, business 101, man. Don't price the market. Yeah. I, well, but but his investment, though. Think yeah, about I, maybe I the, the guy's investment. It. Like, it's the it's the guy who's spending $7 a gallon on diesel driving around yeah. this fucking whiskey in the back <laughs> of a semi-truck. I just wonder, though, like, is that how does that affect the whiskey, the sloshing all the time? Well, that's... 
so that's the pitch, right? Is is that it engages the the barrel more, so it imparts more barrel because all the bourbon is new aged barrel, so it has to age less time because it's engaging more of the barrel because it's sloshing. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a it's a part of an aging process that accelerates the yeah, aging hypothetically. Now, oftentimes, when you look at other products, when the products. Uh, accelerated aging it creates a different reaction that also affects it possibly in a negative way right because like i the what i'm looking at and thinking about is like the crashing of of the of the spirits in there does that somehow break it down does it make it less you know is that is that a a possibility does like the is it sloshing against the walls of the barrel um does that affect the way the the quality of the parts of the barrel get in uh, embedded into the whiskey itself as yeah, opposed to like this slow it's like a making a brisket yeah you know you can throw it in the oven you can put it at 400 degrees and cook it in in the an hour and a half or you can throw it in the oven at 175 and cook it all fucking day yeah you know and that all day brisket's gonna be way fucking better than that one cook quick you know so it's like what are the what what something Every action has an equal opposite reaction. So, what what other side effects are coming? Yeah, that's a good question. From the quick aging of the sloshing around in the barrel, you know, and it's like I guess you don't know until you try it. Yeah, you know, it's all subjective. Maybe you really like the shit that happens. You might like that chain reaction. You know, it's not like you're chewing on a chewy steak. So, you know, there's something there. I don't know, man. Well, I'm hoping I like what happens to this Manhattan that we're gonna try later. Oh, I know we're gonna like what happens to this motherfucker. (laughs) All right, brother. Well, hey, let's go get. Some Manhattans. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Oh, this was a solid, good conversation, my brother. This was a good conversation. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you back. Is next week's Father's Day? Yeah. Next weekend? Okay. I'm assuming, with that assumption, I'm assuming we won't record. Okay. Um, Because I'll be out and about anyways. Um, So, but hey, thanks for tuning in. This one will drop. We've got a real fun one (laughs) that we got to (laughs) edit. Yeah, that's... Still in, it's still in the can. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to take a little bit of time to get it out of the can. Look, I got to listen to four and a half hours <laughs> and make some serious edits. <laughs> but it was a good one. It was fun. It was fun. All right, everybody. All right. Peace, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Until right. next time, much love. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.